thing. Oh, it all I works. It's all. <laughs> oh wow! Yay! <laughs> the opening That's line of the stream. <laughs> I was asking, what else is new? <laughs> it might not be new. I don't know. I'm going through mourning. I haven't been able to verbalize this yet. Yeah. Keisha has COVID, or probably had COVID. I don't know. She it's in positive. my system. I tested positive. It's all up. I in have there. like so many work things that I need to do that I can't do now. I'm supposed to lead a retreat. I can't go to it. <laughs> Supposed to be in the woods. But that's okay. <laughs> it's okay because we got Joss Whedon to keep us company. It's fine because we have Joss Whedon. Uh, we got that sweet, sweet Ultron. That sweet Whedon. Got that car. Ca lady in a car you gotta save. One child you gotta save. Yes. I love I love when you sit down for a Joss Whedon movie and there's like a woman and a kid who you gotta save at the end. There's one. And yeah, it's like, it's out of too, all yeah. of the whole world. You're like, there's literally so many people, but this one kid, is for some reason, didn't get the memo that everyone else needs saving to. That and is, the world's exploding. That is Joss Whedon's signature move. He literally does that yeah. in both That's Avengers movies. That's his fucking bread and butter. And in Justice League. It's his lit League. cigarette. Yeah. <laughs> It's a good. It's pretty. It's pretty good. You know, people care about move. kids. People care about it's a women. Good move. It is. Yeah. It's uh, like the naked man in uh, How I Met Your Mother. You remember the naked man? I've never watched it an works. episode of How I Met Your Mother. <laughs> I've never I never seen a frame of How I Met I Your Mother. I did one time because I was like, I should know what's up with How I Met Your Mother, and then I watched it and I was like, oh, I didn't like it. So my I family. Didn't know what's going on. <laughs> My like my cousin, my sister, and I, we all love How I Met Your Mother so much. I got a I got a cameo from Josh Radner for Christmas for them, <laughs> and it was expensive. Yeah. Like it was a good gift. What did he say? Uh, <laughs> he was like, <laughs> "Hi, hi Natasha, hi Keisha, hi Maddie." I also put my my own name on it because I didn't know yeah, how cute yeah, you wanted. I wanted, I wanted him to say my name. I wanted him to say it. Basically, I was like, we've all seen, probably we've, the, the three of us combined have seen the show all the way through 25 times, which is okay. not exaggerating. All right. Uh, mm -hmm. Because my sister alone has seen it at least 12 times. Like, it's just on constant rewatch. Mm -hmm. And he was like, that's a lot of times. Hopefully you guys are going out and, like, seeing nature, at least. He, like, read us for filth. It was so rude. <laughs> Wow, you guys are losers. He was, like, he was like, anyway, glad you like the show. Yeah, um, he yeah was like, thanks. Good on you. I am not impressed. I was like, <laughs> I was like okay, <laughs> cool. Anyway, thanks, Josh. Also, he, we, Maddie and I watched his show Rise, which was a terrible show. Yeah. Josh, if you're hearing this, I'm so sorry. Uh, <laughs> But it was my favorite show. Like, it had every... It was a 10-episode long television program, and it had every dramatic teen, like... Oh, right, Like, stereotype right. you could ever have. You've and 10 episodes! It's the best show yeah. in the world! Everyone should watch it. It's so bad. Rise, rise. It's so good. What was it on? Rise. It was on NBC. Mm -hmm. They And it was, like, weird. It was, like... All of Glee, all six seasons of Glee, compressed into ten episodes and not fun. Without being fun. <laughs> so Keisha just injected that shit, like, straight into the vents. Like, like it was just, like, it was, like, how many problems can you add? How many characters can you add per episode? Plus, they were doing, 
Spring Awakening, which is one of my sister's favorite musicals, but they're like, it's Spring Awakening, but we're gonna do it in modern day times to prove that it's still a problem for teens. But like the whole point of Spring Awakening is that like, it's a story from the 1800s that is still relevant. Like that's the point what? is that it's the idea of the like, show. it's like these problems are not new, but yeah. they're like, it's modern Spring Awakening. <laughs> it would be like, like we're gonna do the Crucible, but it's gonna be set in the 1960s. <laughs> Like, no. Yes! <laughs> yes! <laughs> like, that's the whole point is the when it takes place. But okay. Wow, you're really saying something. They're like, we're not going to do Pirates of Penzance because that means nothing to the people today, even though we're on a budget and we already have the costumes. <laughs> it was so good. Um, oh, a brilliant television show. So, hey, speaking of, good morning, everyone. Uh, it's the evening, but I wanted to say good morning. It, it might right. be morning for some people when you listen. We've wherever. got we've got uh 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 at least one listener from Australia. What time is it there? Anyway, yeah, Ooh. I was gonna say what like, time is it in Adelaide, Australia? Adelaide. Um, so he, I I promised a big announcement at, at the beginning of of or when in the Discord for this. Uh, by the way, Keisha, if you could like tweet, I don't know if you have, if you wouldn't mind. I am tweeting. Or N. Got it. Um, so, so what's up, fellas? Uh, uh, we are have decided that we want to take the podcast in a, a new direction without interesting changing basically anything about it. Here's what's up. Here's the pitch. The show's gonna be the same. Uh, the the you know the format, the way we talk to each other, having guests, all that stuff's gonna be the same. But uh, we decided that we want to be more specific about what kinds of movies we cover. Specifically, uh, the the new premise of the show is that as often as we can, we have guests on. And we um, get them to defend a movie that they sincerely really love that is not well-liked for whatever reason. Um, a great example, eventually we're going to have somebody coming on to talk about Twilight. No spoilers. Um and you know that can be like a movie that people hate that 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 you can defend or it could just be a movie that you never thought really got a fair shake culturally that you can defend there's a lot of different ways this can play out um and and you know and even when we don't have guests that's going to be what we're doing too kind of like today today we wanted to talk about Age of Ultron because that is a movie with a super bad rap that that all three of us defend on some level uh, I do want to clarify that when we say defend, it's not that we are attacking them. <laughs> it's not, this is shit, explain it. It's taking something that you love and that everybody else loves and kind of explaining and yeah. going deep on why you love that thing. Yeah, totally. Um, because that's the whole idea, is that it's not ironic. It's not like, oh, it's trash, but I love it. We're trying to, like, really and sincerely break down, like, if it's... You know, I like Sonic the Hedgehog is always my go-to example because that's a movie that I hear people talk about constantly like, oh, it's trash. Oh, it's so bad, but I love it so much. Or like Venom being like, oh, yeah. I love it, but it's so bad. Like people – and I want to be like, no, stop. Tell us why you like it because it is good because you like it. Let's get into mm -hmm. it. That's what we're trying to do on this show. Uh, and that's what we're doing right now with Age of Ultron. Um, Man and Robin. Batman and Robin is undoubtedly I mean, going to come My up man Joel eventually. Schumacher, I'll go to the fucking grave. Uh, That's my brother's favorite Batman. It's Batman and Robin. 
So yeah, uh, uh, so it over the next be. over the next couple of months, we're going to hard transition into doing that full time starting in November. In the meantime, we're gonna kind of transition into it. So you know, we're doing one today. Next week, uh, I'll drop the schedule on Twitter momentarily. Next week, we've got a really excited guest uh, coming on to talk about a movie, and that'll be one of those two. But then. The rest of the month will just be, like, new releases. We're going to talk Shang-Chi. We're going to talk uh, whatever the last one was. Um, but in October, we're doing horror <laughs> movies and stuff. Like, you know, we're going to kind of do our regular thing just with some of these movies with the new premise peppered in. Um, until November, when it's when it's all this all the time. That's what the show is going to be from now on. Um, we're thinking about changing the name. I have not fully convinced Adeline, at least. On whether I wanted to. I'm do not a Hundo P convinced either. Okay. What do you but mean? I'm the one who liked it. Maybe. No, you said you keep uh-huh. saying you don't want to change the name. Whatever. Uh, we'll talk about it. We'll, we'll talk about it. We're thinking about changing the name, but rest assured, the podcast is going to be like 90% the same. What's different is that we'll have an elevator pitch, and the movies we talk about are going to be a little bit more thoughtfully curated. Um, but we're still going to be hanging around and we'll still carve out time for like some new releases every once in a while just to like talk about something new just for fun. Um, just stay, you know, stay hip to the current events. Keep it peppy. Um, so that's that. I just wanted to put that out first and foremost because I'm, I'm really excited about it uh, and, and I'm excited to get started on this thing. And I'm excited to talk about Age of Ultron. Age of Ultron feels like an episode of this I podcast did. that has been a long time coming. We talk about it a lot, I yeah. feel like. Even not e- on here, but then also just like, we'll be like, remember in Age of Ultron, we'll just be hanging. <laughs> yeah. Be like, that was good. It People is. People should like it. <laughs> <laughs> People should like Age of Ultron. Because I contend. Why, like Age of Ultron. Yeah. I contend that this movie's just good except for like two or three bad things in it. That people really latch on to. Like, a few things that really yeah. bother people that just, like, taints the whole rest of the movie for a lot of people. But, like, you know, I don't know. We're good at compartmentalizing those sorts of things. So we can be like, <laughs> yeah, that part sucked, so I'm just not going to think about it. That part was bad. That part's bad. Bad part And also, but, like, it's kind of like, it. they they sucked at the time. You're like, oh, I see what you're doing. You're setting up the, you're setting up former er, er, movies in the future you're doing this you're doing that but it's also like from from this point in 2021 we can be like yeah like they're (laughs) making it so that the universe is cohesive and that's cool that is something that i was really (laughs) impressed with the last time i watched this which is just like it's not only just like literal physical things like infinity stones or whatever like Mm -hmm. there are like emotional through lines being set up in this movie that like continue to pay off over and over and over again for the next like six years like the the way that they set up these there is like so much foresight on behalf of the characters in this movie which is something that i like i don't know if i've ever seen anything quite like it before Because, like, it's all about, like, the biggest character in this movie is Tony Stark, obviously. Mm -hmm. And it's all about, like, his sort of relationship with, like, safety. And the way that he, unlike a lot of his teammates, is a lot more willing to compromise a lot of things in the name of protecting other people. Because he is really afraid of the dangers that he knows are coming and like 
that that fundamental character flaw of his, which is like sort of established. I, I mean, not really. I mean, it sort of like begins to be established in Iron Man three, and then it really like comes into fruition here. About mm-hmm. like Tony Stark and how he can sort of like start to lean authoritarian under the wrong circumstances, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. Like he he has the capacity to just want to make decisions on behalf of everybody because he thinks he knows best and he thinks and like he's so afraid of these things that he believes are coming that he just can throw everybody else under the bus and just go for it like even if it's mm-hmm. a super bad idea and that is like the driving conflict behind civil war and one of the driving conflicts behind uh uh endgame also like, these are, like, mm-hmm. emotional and, like, character beats that they're setting up in this movie that, like, pay out like a slot machine for, like, four movies afterwards for, like, so many different characters. I think it's so cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and it's I, also, like, oh, yeah, it's just that it it is his fault. Like, that is yeah. a huge risk to be, like, oh, oh, oh it, the, this random army of robots came in from space and Tony Stark was right. He was right all along, but, like... The whole driving, the antagonist is 100% on Tony and Bruce, who right. react to fear in similar ways. Like, yeah. Tony is more, like, proactive and be like, okay, well, I caused this, so I'm going to bring, like, ten times more of what I did. And then Bruce is like, um, I'm a problem, and I got to go right now, and even if you think I'm a solution, I'm not. I got to go, and I'm right. not willing to compromise on this. And so when they, the two of them collide... Barks fly <laughs> in a <laughs> negative way. Yeah. yeah. I think that the opening of this film is truly phenomenal. Like, not oh, only is beautiful. that, like, fight scene so fucking good, but also just establishes all of that stuff for Tony Stark so quickly and so succinctly. Like, they are fighting the bad guy. The bad guy is shooting up the city. The city below is getting destroyed actively because of what they're doing. So his solution is to immediately send robots to go and be like, okay, you got to go clean it up while we destroy it. Like right. that is his solution, not to stop destroying it, but to send the robots in to fix it afterwards, right. basically. And I love and that, like... We see how they, yeah. like, kind of treat them as, like, an author- authoritative force and how they hate the robots and how they hate Tony Stark yeah. because that's not a solution. Going in to just clean it up after you've done it isn't a solution. Yeah. I mean, and it totally just illustrates, like, the people don't want the robots. They hate them. Like, they're mm-hmm. throwing it. And, like, Tony <laughs> doesn't give a fuck. He's like, no, I mean, this is what I think is best. This is what we're doing. Like, I don't care what you have to say. Mm-hmm. Like, I am trying to protect you. Shut your mouth. Is <laughs> like, his mm-hmm. whole like yeah. worldview in this movie and it's you know it's it, some people don't like that it seems like it sort of like takes that idea of like you know him being like above these like sort of impoverished people in this country and just like sweeping that away but like i i don't feel like it needs to be like an elongated plot point i just think it's a great illustration of like the sort of weird like callousness. I mean, it's a savior complex. Yeah, yeah, savior complex is a great way to put it, yeah. And, like... And it's... That problem is introduced in Iron Man when he realizes that the weapons he creates are the weapons that the enemy is using, or whatever. And instead of just, like, letting that go and being like, he learned his lesson, that's still a problem that's coming up years later. It's coming up in Age of Ultron. Yeah, he can't just, like, pull the plug on it. Yeah. 
come yeah it, it keeps coming up like it's it's something that like you said is a through line that makes the world feel grounded and tangible and cool and interesting and there are stakes even if only one character in all of the mcu has ever been killed permanently <laughs> yeah basically <laughs> i always okay here's the thing I mean, that's something people complain about sometimes. It's like, oh, they never kill yeah. anybody in the MCU. I don't want them to kill people in the MCU. This what the fuck are you talking about? about to say. Like, Whenever someone says that to me, I want to be like, pick one. Which one do you never want to see again? Yeah. Pick they one. Do you want, want Thor to just fucking disappear? People don't Is that want what you Hawkeye. Want? This, that's people why they gave Hawkeye a family. That's why they gave Hawkeye a family, because then people are like, well, damn it. Now I can't root for Hawkeye to die, right. because mm-hmm. he's got children that he needs to be thinking about and yeah yeah, like again it's it's just this weird thing where it's like people it feels like i don't know the way people talk about deaths in stories always feels weirdly like like i don't know people are either like people never die in the show it sucks like there's no stakes because no one ever dies which is wild and what a weird way to think about things. Yeah. But then on the other hand, mistake. but then there's people on the opposite side of the extreme being like, you should never kill characters in a story. Like, it's just a cheap way to get emotions out of people. Mm-hmm. And it's never like, and like, neither of those things are true. Like, you don't mm-hmm. need yeah. to kill characters in order to have a meaningful, you know, emotional reaction to something. And a lot of times killing characters is not the best choice in a story. But sometimes you can. Like, there are ways to kill characters that feel really cathartic and sad and, mm-hmm. like, can provoke a really genuine reaction out of people. And, yeah. like... Spoiler alert! <laughs> I think Tony Stark's death is genuinely a really good death. Yeah. Well, I think... I mean, Spoilers like, for Endgame. Yeah. Spoilers I mean, well, for I mean, Endgame. Like, Yondu is, like, the perfect one. Like, I think that's, yeah, uh- like, the one death in the MCU that's, like, really sincerely moving, you know? Because, like, I... Like, I think Tony Stark loses a little bit because you can kind of see it from a mile away, you know? I mean, yeah. Um, but but like, I, it, it fits into his arc. It feels good, totally, you know? Totally. Like, it doesn't It doesn't feel like we're being cheated. It doesn't feel like we're, like... It, it doesn't feel like Kylo Ren, where we're taking away the growth that they could have had. Like, he, we, right. they, we, this is a part of the growth. Like, this is the accumulation of that growth versus... Right it taking the growth away you know like because we've yeah. talked about that before but speaking of one of my favorite things about about this movie is the way they treat hawkeye because oh, yeah. like you know i and i've talked about this on the podcast before and like and i mean i guess we should also talk about the fact that this movie's written and directed by joss whedon also but like it's still good the worst man alive uh like the way this movie like sets you up so explicitly to, like, really be like, oh, obviously they're going to kill Hawkeye. Like, you can see it from a mile away. Like, duh, they're going to kill Hawkeye. Because they're doing all this stuff where it's like, oh, the team's always ribbing him and, you know, like, making fun of him. And then, like, you know, he almost dies, but but they don't feel sad. And then you meet his family. You realize he's got a family. And then, like, he's talking to his wife and he's like, no, this is it. One last time. Then I'm going to retire or whatever. And, like, mm-hmm. in the audience, you're just like, obviously he's gonna die like that's you know what movies are like obviously they're gonna kill him i've seen a movie before yeah but it's like so deliberately setting you up to like subvert that expectation in a way that i think really sincerely works i think the whole thing does kind of take away from quicksilver i think quicksilver's kind of mishandled in a lot of different ways in this movie but like the fact that they pull that switcheroo and that hawkeye doesn't die is so satisfying 
because it it like sets you up to like understand the tremendous loss that you're like anticipating this tremendous loss just metatextually as a film goer just based on like what you know about movies and how they behave and then when mm-hmm. you suddenly realize that it's not going to happen that the Hawkeye is going to get to go home and be with Linda Cardellini and like have you a good relationship work on with his, his dining room kids and work <laughs> on his dining room you're like oh this is great like I'm, I love that for like, him. I'm so excited. I'm for him. Yeah, I do he, also he think. It. <laughs> I do think it also kind of points the mirror back at you to be like, why did you want Hawkeye to die so fucking bad? Yeah. Like it's a human life being snuffed out. Like even if you saw it a mile yeah. away, you're just so numb to it. So when they kill somebody else, and you're like, oh holy shit, somebody died. It's like, yeah, asshole, that could have right. been Clint. Like you know what I mean. That's so funny. Yeah. It's like, it's, it's why, would, why did you guys want us to kill him so bad? What's your yeah, deal? Like, you guys of. were so mean to him last time. What the fuck? Yeah. Uh, and it's, he didn't even get a shot because he was all mind warped in the first Avengers yeah. movie mm-hmm. anyway. So, like, give him a... When he's running through Sokovia and he's like, could shoot him right now. No one would even know. Oh. <laughs> Ultron got him last time I saw. It's so sad. Miss him already. It's that's really so. Funny. That's hilarious. This movie is so funny. I just. I talked about. I already said earlier that I just like think that this like the first the opening scene of this is like maybe like the best. But like it, it this movie feels so much like a comic book movie. Like this yeah. is what I wanted. I wanted those awesome fight scenes. I wanted everybody to have big personality and to be riffing on each other and to be quipping. Like that's what I want. Like, it's funny, and it's loud, and it's colorful, but it's still grounded, and there still feels yeah. like there's stakes, and we're still yeah. talking about real issues. When they issues. chop off Andy Serkis's <laughs> arm, just yeah. so quick, yeah. just so quick, you're like, huh? What? Like, yeah. And he doesn't, and, he doesn't get that arm back. He's got robot arm <laughs> yeah. for the rest of his time on this planet. He, that he died, the arm died for real. And he's <laughs> never coming back. <laughs> He dies so bad. Yeah, I just <laughs> I love for Black Panther. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah I... I just love that opening scene so much. Like, it feels like what I want a comic book movie to be. Like, the villain is so, like, huge and sci-fi and weird and doesn't, like, he's he's a hokey villain. He's a robot with lips. Like, he's just a big <laughs> right. robot man. But he's so scary and he's so cool and he's got these like and he weird Pinocchio. scary <laughs> yeah but he's got these like terrifying like scary ideas that have like real world implications like i think it's just the best mesh of like the kind of silly quippy colorful comic book stuff that we love and like a modern cinematic like grounded film and right. i think it like marries those two ideas really really well and the thing that marvel has going for it right now in a way that like no franchise ever has before is that it has the capacity to, like, be... It can have this huge library of characters, and sometimes some of them can just show up and just be there for a little while and then go away, and it doesn't feel like a big deal, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, this is the first Doctor time... Strange and Thor yeah. Ragnarok. Well, I mean, you know, and, like, Infinity War and Endgame are, like, stacked to the brim with those kind of things. Like, because, like, the first Avengers movie... Every character in it has, like, a purpose and an arc and is, like, a part of the story in some way, in a major way, mm-hmm. you know? And and this movie feels like the – Age of Ultron feels like the first time that, like, they have the confidence to just be like, oh, yeah, and then at the end they call 
uh, Falcon. And Falcon shows up and helps, and he's part of the fight, and he's there. And you're just like, mm-hmm. yeah, sick. Like, he wasn't in the rest of the movie, yeah. but I don't really care. It's fun to have him around. Like, I don't... He's there, and I want him to be there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Listen, we love Don Cheadle as War Machine, and we're going to be excited about him when he's on screen. Totally. Yeah, okay. My boy Donnie. Um, yeah. And, you know, be, so this is, like, the first time that they don't, they don't, they don't, like, pretend like every character has an arc, you know? And by the time we get yeah. to Infinity War and Endgame, it's just like, yeah, the gang's all here. Like, you know, fucking... Mm-hmm. On your left. Yeah, like, Benedict Wong doesn't have an arc in Infinity War. <laughs> yeah. Like, that's fine. Like, we don't need him to. It's fun to see him. Yeah. <laughs> Glad he's there. He gets to say something funny and head out, and that's cool. Yeah. We know who he is. We know what his deal is. He gets to, like, yeah. be there for a minute. Like, thumbs up. Uh, I think character ma- management is maybe the hardest thing for, like, team movies like this to do. Like, and we saw it in Justice League, where right. it's like, well, the, uh, Joss Whedon again, there he is. Where it's like, you have to be able, you kind of, like, have to pick and choose. Like, it either has to be that everybody gets enough time to do their own thing, that we make sure that all these characters have enough time to have an arc and be important and feel cohesive, which is what Avengers was, or we need to, like, n- have enough information to know, like, who they are and why they're here, and that's enough. Like, right. and then versus, like, trying to pretend that the second one is the first one, or trying to pretend that the first one is the second one. Like, you just, like, being able to manage your characters in a way that the audience can understand is, right. for some reason, something that's very, very hard. Like, the more characters you have, the harder it is. Example, Spider-Man like... 3. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But that's why the, like, dream, like, uh, uh, Scarlet Witch mind meld sequence is so good at first Mm -hmm. we were like i when i i remember i watched this movie the first time in theaters and i was like that kind of feels like it kind of slowed everything down a little bit like i know that they're setting things up but that's Mm -hmm. annoying like i just want get back to the fights i want to see the fights but now you're like oh my god that happens in thor ragnarok that's i can see exactly where that happened i can see in black widow like why that happened like Mm -hmm. for steve rogers you see that he he is like obviously still focused on Peggy and wants to be back in the forties. And then at the end of this movie is like, honestly, I think I'm changed. And I, I think like I can't go back. So I have to move forward. And then he gets Mm -hmm. presented over and over times that he has to go back and wants to go back. And so it's interesting and cool. And it's Mm -hmm. awesome. And it wouldn't happen without all of the buildup before. Like we're very Mm -hmm. blessed to have all these movies. That set and up I, these cool character arcs. Yeah, and I personally, I prefer her, I prefer Infinity War a lot more than I prefer prefer Endgame. I think Endgame has a lot of problems, but I hate the way. I think it comes from a specific like group of people that uh, hate superhero movies but keep watching them for some reason. <laughs> that are so fucking mad at Steve Rogers. <laughs> <laughs> went back in time to be with Peggy. They think that's the worst decision they ever could have made. Like, they just d- detest it. Yeah. And I'm like, I on some level, I understand what you're saying. That, like, it feels like kind of, like, going back on some of the things he's learned on. But kind of the point of it is that that's still what he wants. After years and years yeah. and years mm-hmm. and years, he still just wants to fucking be with Peggy. And when he gets the chance to do that, he takes it. And I don't think that's out of character. I don't think that ruins his arc. I don't think that destroys his relationship with his friends. Because he still had got to be with... He got got to have his cake and eat it too. And instead of being happy and loving that and, like, appreciating that we still have old man Steve Rogers who still can hang out with Bucky and everybody else, they're just pissed. (laughs) 
And I'm like, yeah. leave this sweet old man alone. I think <laughs> let like, him be with his wife. I feel like it's becoming kind of a hackneyed thing to point out about Endgame at this point. But like, I, I don't care because it's cool. Like the way yeah. that they yeah. set up Tony Stark and Steve Rogers' arcs in that movie. How it's like their final conclusion is like Tony Stark finally learning. I mean, not necessarily finally because he doesn't Avengers 2, but like having the capacity to like be completely selfless and sacrifice himself for everyone. Whereas Steve Rogers has like the total opposite arc where like he finally mm-hmm. decides that he's Stop sacrificed sacrificing enough. sacrificing yourself. Yeah, yeah. And, and allows himself to be selfish and do something for himself. And like having those two characters with those like weird like opposite arcs. I think it's so cool. I think it's so interesting. I've seen Hamilton. Yeah, yeah. I, I know Hamilton. what's going on. I People love but... Hamilton. That you just described Hamilton. Okay, cool. <laughs> In the moment that counted most, the rash one thought too much, and the one who thought too much acted rash. Mm. That yeah. also happens in X Men: Days of Future Past. Ooh. Just kidding. Mm-hmm. Not really. Not really. I'm still mad that I'm still mad that Dark Phoenix was so bad. I watched the last <laughs> 15 minutes of it this week, and I was like, "Wow, it's still not it's good." It, just, it slides it's, off the brain. It like it's, <laughs> it's, it's glossy. Yeah. It's, a, it's an oil slick of a it's movie. got a shimmer to it. <laughs> it's um, bad. It's so upsetting. I'm sorry. That's not what we're here no, for. It's all right. I was about to just... say, since we're kind of just <laughs> bouncing around the MCU and everything. Well, two things. In the years since Avengers, where I don't know if I just became a more a person who knew what was going on in the world more, or if we found out more as a society that Joss Whedon just kind of sucks shit, right, and right. we don't really like him that much. No, we all hate Joss Whedon now. God, yeah, we all hate Joss Whedon. I don't, what is with this man and loving the goof where the guy falls into the woman's boobs? Why does he think that's funny? He's the only person on the planet who I think has ever laughed at that goof, but goof, and he keeps <laughs> he, trying to do it. Does he do it more than once? What else does he do? You know, he does it in this one. He does it in his cut yeah, of he, Justice League. Does he really? Where the Flash yes. falls into Wonder Woman's boobs, oh, and then yeah. in this like, movie, whoa. Bruce Banner falls into Black Widow's boobs. That's and so each weird. time they're like, oh my god, I'm sorry. Like, J- Joss, get your weird shit out of here. Stop but, it. Yeah. So, but on the t- topic of Joss Whedon, like, yeah. I really think, like, this is going to be a weird thing, because we're talking about how much we love this movie, and we know that Joss Whedon sucks, and so we're just going to have to deal with that. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, like, obviously Avengers 1, but this movie also is, like, sincerely Joss Whedon's, like, best work as a screenwriter. Because mm-hmm. he is so great at, like, just that, like, dry, back-and-forth, like, snappy character interaction type oh, stuff. Oh, and it's happening all the time, and it's so good. It's and so funny. Like, yeah. I swear, like, the scene where they're at the party and they're having that, like, after-party thing where they're lifting up Thor's hammer is like so magic. Good. It's like genuinely it's so good. like so <laughs> perfect. And it And it's a setup. And <laughs> it's all you setup. didn't even think it would be. Uh, and like but it's that is like setups. it's like the most Joss Whedon shit, you know? And oh, yeah. like it's exactly what he's great at doing and it comes across so well. And like it's like something about that sequence. I was thinking a lot about how like the MCU fandom at this point, like, during, like, Phase 2, after Avengers, everybody was always talking about, like, oh, wouldn't it be so funny? Like, they, like, imagine the Avengers as, like, a group of friends hanging out and, like, 
you know, I'm sure mm-hmm. that this sequence was sort of a response to that sort of fan movement of like imagining the Avengers as a sitcom, basically. Um, just friends yeah well but I heard like at a certain on... point we stopped doing that like at a certain point the ncu moved to a place where we were like i don't know for some reason we stopped being interested in the idea of like them all hanging out as a gang i don't know well i think well because i someone was making a joke on tiktok where it's like these are not friends these are a group of work associates and right. like talking about like avengers one and i think of that one you're totally right like yeah they are doing a job together and they're working together to achieve a goal yeah and then in this movie we are very much establishing them as friends as people who like right. each other who kind of goof on each other we're having a grand old time and i think that moment is so important because all after that I mean, we're still very much in the idea of them hanging out, but I think we kind of have to come to terms with that idea just doesn't fucking work. Yeah. Like, they're too different. We want too different of things. There's too much going on. In a perfect world, it could happen, but what's going on, it just, like, literally can't. And I think we see that in Civil War, where Iron Man just wants everybody to fucking live in the apartment or all be friends. And, like, look, I got Wanda, like, a violin, and she's going to high school even though she's 26. (laughs) Like, they want to, like, they're trying to, like, keep that fantasy alive in Civil War. Right. And they're kind of realizing that, like, we we can't. Like, there's too much going on. We just, like, can't be friends the way that we used to be, which I think this makes this movie super important because that hurts more later when they're friends now. yeah, Yeah, it's like this confluence, right? Like, you spend the mm-hmm. first part of these movies, like, building up and, like, putting this team together and, like, building the relationships between these two people. And then there's, like, this moment where it's, like, we're all drinking and hanging out and laughing and, like, maybe, you know, and it's, it's like, a real thing where it's, like, there are people that you can talk and laugh and hang out with that you might not be, like, close friends with, that you might not necessarily, mm-hmm. like, have a deep relationship when they ask you to go out for a drink after work and you're, like, yeah, this could be fun and you have a good time, you know? <laughs> Like, you have a rapport with these people and your friends, but, like, you know, there's this moment, there's this confluence where they, like, have this relationship, and it feels like it might be something good, and then it, you know, just starts to crumble after that. Like, it can't it can't quite hold itself together, and that's sort of, mm-hmm. like, the DNA of a lot of what the conflict is in, the in like, the second half of these things. Even though there are relationships that are strong, and I think one of the things mm-hmm. that's fun about the MCU is the way it like pinpoints like what characters get along and what characters don't you know like even Mm. though like all these characters have like sort of a respect for each other like it has a really keen eye for like how the characters interact with each other and i think it's Mm -hmm. smart that it's like they're not always friends with each other they don't always like each other you know like Mm -hmm. they're people people don't like everybody all the time you can't like get along with everybody i do wish my big dream if i could go back in time and like change one thing about the mcu i would kill hitler but after (laughs) that I would <laughs> Steve Rogers. <laughs> I would oh, be Steve Rogers too. He went back in time with Peggy. He yeah. did not kill he Hitler. He didn't kill Hitler. He Ooh. knew. He <laughs> anyway, but what I I would make it. It's like it, it's the same feeling I get when you get after you watch the prequels and then you see C-3PO and Darth Vader be in the same room and you're like, God damn it! I wish that there was a meaningful relationship between those two. Right. Yeah. I so like. 
a vision and Tony Stark, I feel like is something that we really mm. miss out on. Yeah, we don't because get a lot of we there. because like we touch so much on Jarvis and Tony Stark and how close they are <laughs> and how meaningful this relationship is to Tony mm. and like how it's almost a fa- like it's almost like a replacement for his father is Jarvis. Like we see that a lot. Like it's definitely this close relationship. And then when Jarvis like basically literally becomes a dude and in a weird way kind of his son right. like there feels like there's a lot of emotions to unpack there feels <laughs> like there's a lot of relationship yeah. to unpack like there's feel like there's so much there and, we just never and i feel like to. we just like never get to it maybe like, when there's even, a vision solo movie <laughs> i mean yeah like i, I kind of do wish that it just gives like a finished movie like this one happens in between a baseball <laughs> front of civil war and it's just like them like playing catch or whatever they like give me that. something they should i think it would be good i also like, just got little... oh sorry like give us thing. a little bit more wanda vision like at the beginning before we were like really knew what we were doing i feel like we knew what we were doing in this movie because obviously like picks are a princess style and all that stuff but like give me some more seeds of that like give me give me more like am i like ultron no you're not give me more tony stark <laughs> right. are you my dad or am i your dad like give me give me that kind of emotional conflict yeah i just want to point out in our chat right now we've got somebody that i don't recognize it might be somebody we know but i don't recognize their twitch username uh, adora adora bill is c adorable lizzie adora 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 but like Borealis. they just said like oh man you guys maybe like age of ultron and Ian said that we're good at that. That's like exactly what I want this show yeah. to be. As I pitch, as I pitch this this new direction we're taking the show in, that is precisely the mission statement. Like we want to, we want to gaslight you into liking bad movies. <laughs> That's our goal. Uh, that just means a lot to me. That's okay, great. But- yeah, Adeline did open the uh, the vision can of worms that we've been <laughs> yeah. holding back all of this time right. because. To to be completely clear and frank with the listeners, uh, this is a Vision slash Paul Bettany stan account. We love Paul yes. Bettany. Yes, we We're very that. big fans. And guess what? He's great in this. He's so movie. good. He's, He's killing it. Paul Bettany He's is like sincerely like the secret MVP of all of these Marvel movies. Like. Oh yeah, he is. Oh yeah, he is like the glue that holds everything together, and we can never get rid it's of him. Heart. <laughs> it's so good, and like, ah, oh, it's so good. It didn't. It could have been so bad, and like, I, it. There could have been more Tony Stark Vision stuff, but yeah. the Vision stuff we have is just so, so delicious well, and, and it's delectable. So funny because the way they brought him into Marvel, they were literally like, "Hey, we really want you here," and he was like, "Uh." Oh. I don't know if I really want to like be part of the Marvel thing. And they were like, well, you just have to like voice a robot. That's all you got to do. Like right. literally you just sit in a voice booth and doing your good. And he's like, yeah, okay, I'll do it. And like how they were just like, what, what if you were, what if you just came and we put you in so much makeup, yeah. just so much makeup and right. put you in like a leotard. Is that okay? And he's like, yeah, and it just fucking kills well, it. Yeah, like, have you heard so great. Paul Bettany like has done interviews and he has said like, he got called into the office yeah. and he was like, crap i'm losing my job like they're, they're going in a different direction this sucks and then they're yeah. like so we want to make you a hero and we want to make a tv show out of you yeah. <laughs> yeah. we're gonna turn you like... into a tv show yeah like well, yeah because vision, uh, what like, a way to flip the script <laughs> like yeah. this role like revitalized paul bettany's career like you know he had like a career before and he had like made movies with like ron howard but like 
you know, he was in this big slump and he was like being forgotten and he hadn't worked in besides like voiceover for the Iron Man movies. He hadn't worked Mm -hmm. in like years, basically. And like it was this thing where he just like couldn't he just like couldn't get arrested in Hollywood, you know, and he was like (laughs) considering like quitting and like getting out of this whole thing until like Kevin Feige gave him the Age of Ultron call and like told him he was going to be Vision and like just he just like was back in it. And then he got to be in Star Wars and he yeah. was in that Amazon oh, original movie so where he was good. Sophia Lillis's gay uncle and it was pretty good. Like <laughs> it, it's just great stuff. Paul Bettany's so great. Uh, Paul Bettany, uh, and let the uh, it's so good because at first you're like, what's it gonna be? What's gonna happen? And he has the whole like Shakespearean contemplative like through the window yeah, yeah like very angsty looking and then the whole monologue and you're like this monologue is so good it's the best <laughs> and then he picks up the damn hammer and like this is so great and it never stops being great and he goes and catches like scarlet witch and it, it yeah. is so cool i mean that scene <laughs> where he picks up the hammer is maybe just a, so the great. fucking best ever because like we, you as the viewer in that moment, you kind of don't know what to think because obviously Tony Stark is protagonist and antagonist. So even though he mm-hmm. is all on board, you kind of know that he's probably wrong at this point because he's been wrong the whole fucking movie. Right. And like you're kind of on board with everybody else, but you see that Thor is also on the side. So you're kind of split between everybody. Yeah. Everybody's that got a great a point. Yeah, everybody has a reason to be like, hey, maybe fucking not. And, like, when he does come alive and you're still like, I still don't know if I fucking trust you. Like, I don't know if you're really Jarvis. Are you pretending to be Jarvis? Are you with Ultron? Are you Ultron but you don't know it? Like, you could just turn evil one. And the fact that all of that is just completely fucking silenced the second that he picks (laughs) up the hammer. For literally everybody. Like, everybody in the film and everybody outside of the film at the exact same time is just masterful. It's so great. It's so good. It's like the perfect perfect narrative shortcut to like making you trust somebody you know yeah um, and, and it doesn't feel cheap at all no like it feels great because they've never done it before or since yeah. really like it's just like yeah, this one yeah. they only pulled it out the one time and it works so well um yeah but, uh, uh, and then also that line when he's like well, I was when when Ultron's like you're you're so naive, and he's like, well, I was born yesterday. <laughs> so <laughs> like, so God, great. you're so cool, and he uh, loves humans, and that's and so, hard to so do yeah. Sometimes. That whole that that end conversation between Ultron and Vision is like so just Beautiful. wonderfully Shakespearean. It's just like so like literally two robots like talking about where they think the human race is going to go and whether they should let them go where they're going to go. Like that, just that little conversation and one approaching it with such hope and one approach approaching it with like such disdain. It's just so good. And then the fact that the vision just fucking kills them. Like it's great. (laughs) It's so good. So, uh, but yeah, I mean that's what Joss Whedon is fucking great at. I like obviously Avengers one and, and this that's movie the both only thing. <laughs> are like his masterpieces of just like letting these characters have really unique identities and all have their own unique quippy voices that just like mm-hmm. bounce back and mm-hmm. forth off of each other well, so beautifully. And like Ultron. in this movie especially. Like, mm-hmm. whenever Tony and Bruce are, like, working together on something, it's, like, so electric. Good. It's just perfect. Like, the way they talk to each other just feels 
so right like and so reading perfect. each other's minds yeah. like it's just it's so good which is and i mean, think a lot friend... of what like spawns that like buddy buddy i'll get to you i'm sorry adeline that's no, a lot of so what, what spawns that like buddy buddy attitude of like this time of the marvel universe is mm-hmm. is like uh uh the just like the way that he writes them and like the the mm-hmm. sitcom pitter patter of how they talk to each other and like I feel like as sort of, like, the Russo brothers took over, like, creative control of, like, the the bigger... I mean, obviously, like, they're not, like, the only people. It's not, like, creative control. Yeah. But, like, yeah. as, it, as it sort of pivoted away from Joss Whedon to other people, like, that's something you kind of lose in the MCU a little bit with these, like, big team-up movies. Which I don't mm-hmm. think is, like, you know, like, a tragic loss, because I think it still works out in the end. Like, there's a lot we of We still get comedy things. in a lot of other ways, and we still get those personality traits right. in a lot of other ways, but yeah. But it's, you know, it's, and it's different. It's a different direction. Age of Ultron. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're different than, like, the stakes of, like, Infinity War. Right. When you're like, yeah. can't wait, quippy, 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 <laughs> like, <laughs> half the team has been lost in space for two years half the team hates each other yeah like they're not like if fucking thanos walked up and he was like i'm gonna ask i'm gonna ask you this once and then tony stark went why don't you ask it dunce we would have been like what (laughs) hey tony stop it but yeah, yeah. I mean, but, like Captain America has been in hiding for like wh- however long because he's been like, hunting down done, the U.S. government. Up yeah. Aaron. But yeah. it's yeah, it that quippiness is like part of what made us fall in love with this team totally. and like made it feel fun and amazing. So I guess it's cool. <laughs> I guess yes. I liked what Jocelyn did. <laughs> yeah. What did you want to say so about I Ultron, think... Adeline? What about well, Ultron? I think that my favorite villains in the mcu i really do love infinity war thanos i love his motivations and, and we can this. talk he, he is in this he's a weird shade of purple but he is here i want to i want to circle back around i want to circle back around to that post credit scene later because literally no part of it makes any sense Continue. no it doesn't make any fucking sense it's fine it's, we just need to show you the purple man this movie it is not a response to this movie it's a response to every other movie before it but not yeah. this one <laughs> but yeah i think i i genuinely really like that or infinity war thanos but I think my second favorite has to be Ultron, cause God, he's just so cool, and he's so fucking scary, and he's so dramatic, and yeah. also quippy. Like he's just, he's so good. I mean, like we all remember the trailers for this movie, cause they fucking yeah. slap. Those were some of the best they had, trailers. They had like that terrifying like version of No Strings on Me <laughs> that would like play over this with, with, like, with, like, with like the violins and with Ultron being like a no street like oh, they were so dope. And there was like kind of a moment where you're like, is it gonna be like that? Is it gonna be just like a creepy AMV all the time? Because that's kind of what you wanted at the time. Right. But like when God, when he comes and he's just that decrepit like robot leaking yeah. fluid, all while while being Shakespearean and talking about how they're all dipshits and he's the only one who's right. It's just so fucking good. And the way that he just mirrors Tony Stark's energy perfectly is just so good. Like he. There's a definitely a way that you could have played Ultron where he felt silly and like they were doing too much. Right. But who who's the actor that plays Ultron? I tried to remember his name and I can't think of it right now. James Spader. James Spader. He does such a fucking good Bitterman. job of being so scary and so serious and then turning around and like having that 
quippy energy of Tony Stark and then while like totally keeping you in it. Like that scene where Andy Serkis compares him to Tony Stark and he's just like goes like just goes like what <laughs> excuse me and then like cuts off his arm he's like ooh how that looks bad like there's a way you could have done that scene where I would have been like fuck this this sucks but right. he just does it so well it's crazy it's so good I have lost all hope that James Spader is ever going to return as Ultron and I'm so yeah. sad about it because there was a while when I thought he could show up in WandaVision like that made sense to me he well, didn't... I thought he was going to show up in Ant-Man forever ago. Right, I really didn't thought happen. that was thing. Yeah. What about what about the multiverse of madness? <laughs> and like, but like, if there yeah. was ever a project where you were going to get James Spader back as Ultron, it's what if. And they've yeah. pretty definitively stated that he's not coming back. He's not going to do it again. Like, if he's not going to mm -hmm. come back for yeah. that, like, it's never going to happen. I don't happen. want it. Yeah. And, like, <laughs> it is, like, sincerely the thing I want most out of the MCU at this point is more James Spader as Ultron. But I have to make peace with the fact that it's not happening. Mm -hmm. It will never happen. I mean, that whole scene where that first fight and, like, the African the boat. Yeah. Factory. The boat place. <laughs> boat factory, where, yeah. The boat factory where there's vibranium. Don't worry about it. Like, it's so fucking good where he's like, like you can't build things by breaking them. And he's like, clearly you've never made an omelet. And Tony Stark's like, he beat me by one second. Like, it's just so... <laughs> yeah. They just are able to balance these emotions so wonderfully. And that moment where, like, Wanda, like, figures out what his real plan is... And like, like her Ultron and Wanda's relationship is so weird, but like so cool. Cause like she is weirdly the twins, but mainly Wanda are like the only people that he like trusts with his vision. He's like right. the only people that vision. he thinks like get it. <laughs> he's like the only people that he thinks like get what he's trying to do. So when she finds out what he's really doing and she doesn't get it, like Ultron is actually like kind of hurt about. He's like mad. And I love like yeah, like and I love way. that scene where they ran away, and he like kills all of the people in the in the hospital, and he's just like, "Oh, guys, come back!" While he's like murdering people, it's yeah. just like mm -hmm. it's so like he's just like the perfect sociopath. Like it's so yeah, yeah. it's so good. But I then later Ultron. he's like lonely. Like when he's talking to Scarlett Johansson <laughs> yeah. in that room, he's just like, "I, I don't know." You're the only like, person you I have to talk to about this. Yeah, it's such a weird. It's like when I talk to Anna about comic book stuff. It's just like I know you don't <laughs> care, but like I gotta just I don't know. I gotta tell somebody. It's exactly that scene, like <laughs> yeah. verbatim. Yeah. Um, well, like, it's such an interesting like villain to have because he walks like a human he talks like a human but you know he's not a human like he doesn't have right. this humanity he can't relate so where tony stark can stop and be like hmm i can't go further than this because at this point that's genocide but <laughs> ultron's like we have to go further than this because right. that's the only solution that's the only way things are ever gonna be okay yeah. and you're like mm -hmm. no they're not because then everyone dies right. mm -hmm. but he doesn't have that he's he can make jokes about omelets but he's never eaten an omelet <laughs> so you got a point <laughs> but... i do want to add one more thing about ultron and wanda is go that scene it. where she goes to rip his heart out in the train first of all metal <laughs> as fuck second of all <laughs> What, he, he has that, like, weird line where he's like, Wanda, if you stay here, you're going to die. Like, he weirdly kind of cares. Right, yeah. Like, in this kind of double-think scenario, he, like, kind of cares if she gets hurt or maybe he's just trying to figure out why she's there. Like, it doesn't make sense for her to be there to right. him because to him, or, like, he, like trying you're going to die. Escape. 
He's trying to yeah, get away. Yeah, he's like, why aren't you leaving? You're gonna die if you stay here. And she's like, well, I came here to rip your fucking heart <laughs> out, and then I'm gonna bounce. It's like, okay, I get it. But, like, that scene is just so, so good. Real good. I want, so, like, okay. We've, like, been, like, crazy positive about Age of Ultron up to this yes. point. <laughs> Perhaps to an unreasonable degree, maybe. <laughs> But like, it's the best movie just, ever. It's, <laughs> I just really felt like watching Age of Ultron, and when I watched it, I was like, I, it is "Fuck good. yeah, Age okay, of okay. Ultron!" Yeah. And one other thing I wanted to say: the biggest flaw with uh, the original Avengers movie is that it looks boring as fuck. Like yes, visually, correct. that movie's got like almost <laughs> nothing going on. Oh, like, she's the little, the palette is a little gray. <laughs> yeah, it looks like something you would watch on VHS. Like it looks like a movie you catch on cable, which is yeah. fine. Like there's worse things for a movie to be than plain looking if like the script's mm-hmm. really great. But like if everything else that's going on is great. Yeah. yeah. But this movie, it's so interesting that you can see. Like, Joss Whedon, like, becoming a better director, weirdly, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, he was a television guy for years and years and years, and when you work in television, you just kind of have to rely on other people because you're working, like, lightning speed in, oh, in that yeah. industry. Mm-hmm. And that's, you know, that's the reason movies are, like, cinematic, quote-unquote, is because it's a, it's, a, it's a system in which you have a lot more time and you can put a lot more energy into, like, a lot more, a lot more money, and a lot more <laughs> money into like things that are smaller, um, and it feels like Avengers, which was outside of the Firefly movie, was Joss Whedon's first feature film, which is crazy. Mm-hmm. Uh, like you can tell, like he kind of approaches it like a TV guy, like it's a very utilitarian thing. Yeah, like, what do we shoot? How do we cut it together to make everything make sense and work today? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know. But it feels like between these two movies, you can see him kind of evolve. And, like, be able to, like, put more energy into making, like, having, like, a visual palette in this movie. Like, there, there is, like, a, a, a sense of, like, visual cohesion. This movie has a look to it in a way that Avengers doesn't at all, really. Mm-hmm. Which I think is so fascinating. Um, but I'm saying that instead of pivoting to the negative things, which is what I was trying yeah. to do. So Why I can't think- we get there? <laughs> I think that we just have to get, get the biggest elephant in the room right, right. is is Bruce. It's actually a green Widow. a green elephant. It's a green elephant in the room. So, and, what, it, I I don't think it's their whole relationship throughout the film because I think there are parts of it that are fine. I yeah. think it really truly is just that one scene. Yeah, that's, like, that's, that's what I was gonna doing? say. Here's my big mm-hmm. take: Avengers fandom was so huge. And people thought about it and talked about it so, so much. They had all these ideas about what they thought that a lot of these characters, like, would do and would be that didn't end up becoming exact reality. And I think Mm -hmm. one of the biggest ones is Clint and Natasha, like, being a romantic couple. Uh, Mm -hmm. And Joss Whedon was just like, no, I don't want to do that. Uh, And (laughs) people were really mad. Yeah, Yeah. like, I I don't think I needed them to be together. And a lot of people were mad about it. Me, myself, I'm very smart and enlightened, and I was not <laughs> mad about it. I've read a book. I've read many books, and I've as a result, I was not mad about it. But, he, but like, I, I don't think – I don't think that, like, Bruce and Natasha being a couple is inherently a bad idea. I mean, I mm-hmm. think, like, to me, the biggest thing that actually bugs me about it is it's the very much, like, Beauty and the Beast, like, the tender woman who can soothe the – the 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 beastly man yeah who is like kind of not who natasha is but yeah yeah. but 
I, I think it would be hard to put any woman in a relationship with Bruce Banner and have that dynamic not sort of come through in one not way or another. Not just kind of come up. Yeah. 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 Um, but, like, you know, I like, I get it. And, like, they have a relationship in the first Avengers movie. And they have oh, yeah. these experiences yeah. She's the together. one who finds him. Yeah. And, like, so, like, I get the, the way they build. They're, like, the two members of the team that have, like, bad reputations, you know, mm-hmm. that can kind of feel like villains in the eyes of the public. And I understand that as a, as a source of connection for them. And, like, ideologically, I don't mind that at all. But that mm-hmm. weird scene in Hawkeye's house where they talk about how neither of them can have kids is like a nuclear disaster of a scene. Oh, it is like it's so bad. tremendously bad. It's insane. Yeah, it's, it's just it's, it's a, a bad implication. It's a bad yeah. take. One to be like, I think you think you're a monster because every time you get frustrated, you turn into a giant that kills people. Literally turn into a monster. Infertile. So which one of us is worse? Yeah. I think all. I think this scene was so bad, so much of a nuclear bomb that the Black Widow movie got made. So I thank it for that. (laughs) (laughs) But true, because honestly, like every problem that you have in this scene gets fixed in Black Widow. So that's why I probably really like Black Widow because it's like, oh, you made this good. But like, it it's just like it. What's so annoying about it is that you like you you have a point. And you're demangling it and then delivering it in the worst way possible. Yeah. You know, like to be like, we both feel like villains. We both feel ostracized. I fear that I'm never going to be anything more than a killer. You fear that you're never going to be anything more than a killer. Let's do that. Or right. even like even the fact that childbirth gets brought up at all is fucking weird. It's so weird. But like, yeah, it's so weird. Yeah. But even if it did, and he family, was like, Matt. But even can't if he was family. like, I can't have kids and I feel bad about that. And she was like, I also can't have kids and I feel bad about that. Like, I feel like that's valid. But you just go that stuff. It's literally that one line where right. she's like, I'm, I'm. Do you think you're the only monster? And it's like, maybe don't say that after the thing you just said. Yeah. It's like. It's it, it's yeah. like they took like a like, scene that made sense and had was emotional and like touched some kind of deep and maybe like complicated issues. Like the I feel like they had a scene that like worked and flowed and like covered all those things and then they put it in a fucking blender and then like shook it up and then like put it in the sewer and then right. put it in a little spigot and then delivered it to the audience. Like it's yeah. It's like something fucking went wrong. I wonder if it was just like, like if it's just a scene that they poked and prodded, like so many times for like hours until like, yeah. just like just, what they were doing got fucking lost in the sauce. Cause like it's bad. It's no bueno. I think it's just one of those like this is a Joss Whedon weakness in I that mean, yeah. he doesn't understand he has women. He's never talked to a human woman. <laughs> yeah. This scene fundamentally works the exact same way if Bruce is like. Yeah, so I'm a dangerous ticking time bomb weapon and the government is constantly chasing after me. Like, you don't want to be with me. And then Natasha's like, yeah, literally same, dude. Like, <laughs> yeah. 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 Like, yeah. Is, I'm also, like, that's how I'm a monster. Like, not because yeah. she can't have children, which is a right. terrible yeah, thing. The fact that so children so did not need to be brought up in this scene. Well, like, period. Like, my theory, because there's that moment in the first Avengers movie where they're, like, meeting and she's, like, recruiting him for the first time. Where there's, like, just that brief, weird little moment where he says, like, well, I don't always get what I want. And he, like, looks at a cradle and kind of touches it, which just had this, like, weird, profound, like, character meaning. You're like, oh, 
Like yeah. on some level, Bruce really cares about wanting to have a family and it's really like tragic yeah. that he never gets to have it. And it's just like this little tiny, like subtle moment in the, in this scene. You're like, Oh, that was cool. Like that was crazy. And then I feel like that got a good enough response from people that he was like, I need to expound upon this. Like I need to make <laughs> sure people really understand that that's part of yeah. his psyche when we didn't need that. And like, the way that they talked, I mean, that scene is so wild because Natasha's literally just like, I, I, I have feelings for you and I want to I wanna be with you. And he's like, how could you even say that? Because I could never give you children. And you're like, what? Like, what are you like, talking about? That's what she was talking about. Yeah. Nobody was talking about that. <laughs> it's a little early in the relationship, dude. Yeah. I'd be like, talking I feel like that, if you, you walked know? up to your coworker and you were like, hey, do you want to go on a date? And they were like, I could never give you children. <laughs> like, I can't give like, you what you want. Yeah. It's not what I, I want. Want, bro? <laughs> yeah. Women only want one thing, and it's disgusting. Children. <laughs> I love Bruce. I love Bruce Banner. I feel like we. I could always do for another like solo Hulk movie. I yeah. think it's the. We're just my never thing gonna is try I, again. I know. I think it's weird that they just gave up. Like they just like. They were like, we're never any of those characters. We're never going to explore a single dynamic with them ever again. Uh, right. And you're going to deal with that. And Hulk is just, he's a fun guy now. He's like a fun, <laughs> right, yeah. like, what I the love name of the girlfriend Club. from the first movie. Betty. Betty Brant. Betty. Well, not Betty Brant. Yeah. Betty Ross. Betty Where Ross. did Veronica come from then? Is it just funny? Oh, That's it's the a, joke. It's a, little, it's, it's a goof. It's, it's like Betty and Veronica. On. Yeah, from okay. Archie comics. Because okay, I... one loves him, and yeah. the other one beats his ass. <laughs> ha 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 ha! I've never read one of them. Uh, but, but yeah, like, yeah, I just I don't know. I feel like why? How come Betty Ross can't like he like still loved her? Yeah, Avengers right. one. Yeah, but like that never gets discussed again. No. I remember the my first exposure to anything Marvel. I was watching the Hulk television show mm. with my older cousin right. and i i just have like the clearest in my brain i can just hear the the hulk go betty <laughs> and i'm like that shit is so good yeah. like that is so dramatic <laughs> oh like he wants to be with her so bad and right. he just he just wants to be normal and he can't there's no way and i like exploring that right and the way that they did it in this movie is not good yeah it's not great because no yeah that's the thing like that that one scene is so much of a fucking nuclear disaster that like yeah. they literally yeah. just like abandoned that entire through line forever like yeah. even in endgame yeah. like even in endgame when natasha dies they like barely even make reference to the yeah. fact that bruce yeah, had a relationship like, there's like I one wish... moment where bruce like is sad but like, like not really any more sad than anybody tried. else you know like yeah, I, wanted I, to. Wish, I wish they would have dug in the rubble a little bit to try to pull out the pieces of it that worked because right. there definitely were pieces that worked yeah. yeah like i mean like you said like it, it, we they have a relationship like all throughout avengers like they are always like with each other and he's like kind of the only one he kind of trusts her more than he trusts everybody else and in this movie of course they figured out how to calm him and she's like the one that's figured out right. how to do it and like they rely on each other and like the, but they do have similar feelings about themselves they both see each other as bad and so like them trying to work through that together is compelling right and at the end of the movie when he is it the end of this movie where he flies away yeah. or is that the mm -hmm. this is 
I got distracted at the end of this movie, but like when I he mean, like he does flies away in several movies. He does at the beginning of Avengers. Right. But uh, when he's like, he basically comes to the decision. That he's like, I am no good for you. I'm just gonna go because there's nowhere that's safe for me. Like I feel like that. Like that's compelling. That's good. Like yeah. there are good parts of this that's relationship classic. that I really like. Bruce Banner. Yeah, and, yeah, and it's just, and just because that scene is such a fucking nuclear bomb that like they just have destroy it i wish they would have tried to pick up the remnants at least a little bit <laughs> yeah. but i want like i think like as I far do... as do you have something or can no, i you're go good. okay uh, i had it and then i lost it if i find it again i'll okay. interrupt you <laughs> because like you know and talking about uh betty ross like it's because i don't know marvel has such a weird relationship with incredible hulk where like mm-hmm. they like they bringing back, they already have Shang Chi has premiered, and not, none of us have seen it. I can't see it until Monday. I'm so mad. Uh, I can't see it, so I'm not contagious. Yeah, exactly. She just <laughs> got approximately oh I don't know two weeks until she can see it. Uh, I'm so sorry. Everybody keeps telling me. I keep reading that it's basically a sequel to Iron Man three, and I'm so amped uh. about it, and I want to see it so fucking bad. Um. So they won't stream this one. <laughs> yeah, How come? They want people to go see it. Uh, <laughs> what was I getting at? Incredible Hulk. Because they're bringing back Eli Roth as the abomination a couple of times because he's going to be in uh, uh, She-Hulk also. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Which I'm very excited for. Yeah, and like Thunderbolt <laughs> Ross has like been around. They brought him back a bunch of times. Um, yeah. But never as like, they never act like they have a past with each right, other. Right, right. Which is weird. It's uh, weird. And like... The um, uh, and Liv Tyler as Betty Ross, I've she's heard gone. Gone. I've heard rumors that they're bringing her back for She-Hulk. I don't know if that's confirmed. I read that she was coming back somewhere. I might need to double check if that was one of those like from BigGiantRobot.com news stories that I just yeah. didn't interrogate well enough. Um, nerd computer generated. Right. Yeah. But like. You know, there's that episode of What If, where there are, like, events from Incredible Hulk, but they, mm-hmm. like, put Mark Ruffalo in it. Yeah. And, like, uh, the, so so it seems like they're simultaneously, like, trying to pull stuff from it and trying to get rid of it, like, at the same time. I know. Um, mm-hmm. And, like, her character, like, Liv Tyler's character was in What If. I don't know if it was actually Liv Tyler, though. I should check. Um, yeah. I don't know either. But I was like, hey! Hey, hey, <laughs> uh, are we so, going like, to do this? <laughs> so that's the thing is like with all of this being the thing, like, are they going to make like if they bring Liv Tyler back in She-Hulk, is it going to be like maybe they rekindle that relationship with Mark Ruffalo instead? Like maybe that comes together after yeah. Black Widow didn't mm-hmm. work out or are they just like or like will they ever like pick back up with Bruce Banner having a romantic attraction to anybody or like how mm-hmm. is this going to play out? It's weird. And, like, you know, at the end of Endgame, the the characters that feel like they still have, like, kind of an incomplete arc are are Thor and Hulk. And I'm just mm-hmm. constantly fascinated to see where they pop up next and what ends up happening with them, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I feel like because it's easy to put the Hulk in a, an Avengers movie it's right. not as easy to have Bruce Banner in an Avengers movie and I feel like we've seen that like time and time again where 
they're like, well, we'll just have him do a sciency thing, even though that's not really the sciency thing he does. Right. He's just, mm-hmm. just a smart guy, but he can't pronounce Wakanda. Uh, <laughs> but I don't know. I feel like like Mark Ruffalo is such a different Bruce Banner than Edward Norton was. Right. That mm-hmm. like he's very much a Mark Ruffalo that is sometimes uh green. That and yeah, that's he's a lot good. more like he's a lot more like dorky and soft. Yeah, like yeah. even he's even adorable. as the Hulk. Yeah. I was gonna say Edward Norton like, kinda has a mean streak to him. Like he kinda seems yeah. like he could bite your head off at any second. I know. How many times has he played a neo Nazi very convincingly? <laughs> yeah. Mark Ruffalo. Maybe we should zero. keep an eye on it. <laughs> Zip. No, 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 no. no. Because know, as many times as he's played a neo Nazi, he's also been in a been in like a Moonrise Kingdom. Right. Like it, it evens yeah. out. It evens out. <laughs> yeah, like, I mean, it's just interesting. I, just want, like, those, I want more Hulk. Yeah, I want more Hulk always. <laughs> like those two different castings are fascinating because you know, I mean, I think Edward Norton is great as the Hulk ideologically yeah. because of that thing I said, like. He's a he, very good Bruce Banner. He just has, like, this weird vibe. Like, he seems like a small kind of mousy guy. But he had, like, it seems like he could just, like, go off on you if you look mm-hmm. at him wrong. Like, that's kind of the, which is, like, the Hulk, you know? Like, that's good. But, like, Mark like, Ruffalo. Like, I can see Edward Norton in, like, that scene with the bridge, the glass bridge. And then it fills up with smoke. And it's Edward Norton. And yeah. then the Hulk crashes out of it. I can't see Mark Ruffalo, even though they did it in cartoon form. Right. I'm yeah. not buying it. I'm buying it with Edward Norton. Uh, mm-hmm. But And then, like, Mark Ruffalo is, like, the other side of that coin, where it's just, like, this guy does not look like he has a mean bone in his body. He is, like, mm-hmm. the sweetest, mm-hmm. most timid, most calm man you've ever seen in your life. Which is, like, makes it interesting got, like, that he turns into vibes. the Hulk. It, like, kind of exactly. unexpected. Exactly, yeah. yeah. Um. But what yeah, like, was the year that this movie came out? Was it 14 or 15? It was 15 because it was this 15? was like weeks before I graduated from high school. Okay, gotcha. Oh, I was about to say, are, do you have another thing or can I go off? On no, no I'm just like, I'm okay. just thinking about time. Time, time, time's <laughs> funny. But I think as a 15 year old who was very much on the sidelines of that kind of internet fandom of like what if everybody was friends and it was like cute and cartoony like as someone who saw a lot of that the two things that made me like super mad for no reason that i literally like don't have any feelings about now was (laughs) i was so mad that they gave hawkeye a family and like my big thesis was basically just like comic book buzzwords. So I was like, they just threw us into the ultimate universe without telling us, which isn't what they did. <laughs> right, yeah. First of all. And then second of all, and it's like, cause in Avengers, we learn so little about Hawkeye. And like we just don't know shit about him for a really long time. So to him, like introducing the family doesn't feel like pulling the rug out from under you. It feels like you're finally learning something about his character. <laughs> right, like it yeah. doesn't feel mm-hmm. It it doesn't feel forced. It doesn't feel weird. It doesn't feel like a gotcha. It feels like a. It doesn't feel like a gotcha moment. It feels like a. Don't you feel like a dick for not asking him about his family right. now? Because you all hate Hawkeye for no yeah. reason. You yeah. dick. Well, because that's the thing. Like in Avengers one, that's like sort of a lot about his character. Is that you don't really know much about him. Yeah. You know. Like and at so the it time, it makes sense to fill in those gaps. Exactly. Yeah. Like at the time, you just think like, oh, he wasn't as important in that movie. We didn't get to like nobody was really asking. Like we didn't get to find yeah. out a lot about him. Mm-hmm. But this movie's like, no, there was a reason. Like he's trying to mm-hmm. keep it a secret. Like this is why we didn't know yeah. that much about him because he mm-hmm. has a family and like witness protection basically that he's like trying to take care of, which is mm-hmm. I think a really yeah. smart way to play it. 
Yeah, and that the second Especially thing that I was super mad oh, about I as just... a fifteen year old was Bruce and Natasha. But like we've already said, like that's fine. Like yeah. I get, I get the relationship. It makes sense. Uh, but like going back to the Hawkeye thing, like it's also nice to have a character that has like stakes that aren't just yeah. like I don't want to die. Like <laughs> right, I have yeah. a family that I care about. Every other character, they're just like I can just give my life away because. I have nobody. I have nothing. I am just my own entity, my own free agent. But he's like, um, that was. I uh, want to see the birth. Of I got my a life. baseball game so, to go to. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Like, uh, uh, it's like kind of important, but like he's still willing to like give his life away, which makes it so compelling. And that's why the Quicksilver death, while it's upsetting because we want more Quicksilver always, it's like Quicksilver recognizes that. He has he has something that he can give away, and that's his yeah. own mm-hmm. life to save his friend. That they weren't friends before, yeah. but <laughs> so I think I think that Quicksilver in this movie, I think this is one of the few Marvel casting choices that just fully like don't work for me. Like Aaron Taylor Johnson well, doing, a, doing a you bad, don't want ATJ. No, I don't think he's good in this movie. <laughs> I think he's bad in this movie, and like. I know that, like, you know, Quicksilver and Scarlet Witch are kind of a package deal, but I don't think he has any meaningful impact on the movie besides that he dies instead of Hawkeye. Um, Mm -hmm. For sure. For real. Which is... Mm -hmm. I don't know. I'm torn about it because, like, I like that bit. I think it's important to have somebody else die instead of Hawkeye in order for that sort of gimmick to really work the way it does. So in mm-hmm. a way, I'm sort of grateful to have like a burner character that we yeah. can use. But like, I mean, it, it does so much for Wanda's character too. Right. You know, like, yeah, that, like, yeah they got it's, it's nice to they have a guy fridge get fridge for once. That's <laughs> yeah. the feminism I want. Um, also, it's it's so tricky because like they this movie came out so close to like Days of Future Past. Right. This it, is my Days of Future it, Past cup. It just became confusing. <laughs> and, like, there's just, like, they, a Quicksilver was already out, and it was mm-hmm. better and, like, more totally. exciting. Yeah. But I, it's fun to have the dynamic, because in both movie franchises, we don't get the, the twin dynamic, nor do we get a Magneto dynamic, really. <laughs> right, yeah. But that's yeah. neither here nor there. We'll see, we'll see. That's a conversation. <gasps> Oh my gosh, I just thought about all the X-Men movies we can watch now that we're doing this new premise. <laughs> God, you're going to make me watch X-Men movies. You're going to stand we're up for X-Men 3. The X-Men. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, like it's tricky. Um and I I respect the death of of Quicksilver here. Yeah. I think it's necessary. Mm-hmm. He's he wasn't a great Quicksilver. Uh but I would love to have another go. I would right. love to see another one. And I, I think we're ready. I think we're ready. Right. I another one of the things I'm sort of going through my laundry list of like big flaws with this movie just so we're not like mm-hmm. totally gushing over this movie that has like a lot of flaws. Uh, I I think a lot about the Ultron design because like honestly I like it I you do I don't think it I know, looks well, good. And you like, also you were very I remember very distinctly when we watched it for the first time. You were very upset that they kind of only like kind of incorporated the comic book design. Like you right. kind of wanted him to just have the robot scary face. Yeah. Cuz that's the thing. Like in the comic books what's so scary about Ultron is that he doesn't really have an articulate face. You know? Mm-hmm. He's just got this like big like jack-o'-lantern grin mm-hmm. and these weird antenna in a way and like it 
it's a really evocative design, and I always had, like, a voice in mind for him that was, like, really, like, high-pitched and kind of maniacal in a way that I thought was really scary. But, like, obviously, like, that, like, image in my mind of, like, what it was the comic book doesn't always have to be exactly what it is on screen. And also, Mm -hmm. James Spader has a very deep voice, and, like, doing his thing is incredible. I think James Spader is, like, such a great performance. And casting James Spader as, like, the nega Robert Downey Jr. is so genius. Like, it's, it's so good. Great. Um, but, like, I don't like, like, his articulated lips are so weird. And, like, he doesn't really have, like, the Ultron antenna thing. And, mm-hmm. like, the fact that he's just, like, beefy and, like, vascular, weirdly, and, like... I just, I don't think it's nope. pleasing at all. And then when yeah. he does the, like, second form thing, where he, like, b- breaks the other one's head and there's, like, a new one, and it looks, like, 5% different, and you're like, that was a lot of, like, that was much ado mm-hmm. about nothing, another Joss Whedon yeah. movie, for, like, barely anything, you know? And you're like, I mm-hmm. don't think... It just doesn't work for me. And the lips weird me out. It's kind of cool when they, like, take away his cheeks, kind of. Like, when his yeah. cheeks, like, go away and he's got that, like, open thing for his mouth. That's kind of cool. Mm-hmm. But, like, I don't know. I have I have a complicated relationship with that because I think the way he's designed allows for James Spader to have the performance that he has. But I also yeah, think absolutely. it looks ugly and I don't like it. I think my the my defense for why he should be a big beefy man okay. is hear me out. Right. Put the torches down. <laughs> is I do think it is a reflection of his kind of mentality that he wants to be big and scary and intimidating. He's an important man with his own vision. Right. He's not like Tony Stark. He's big and strong. He is leading the world. Like I think like that like, the first time we see him and he's, like, that tiny, like, half-destroyed robot, he's absolutely just fucking being dramatic. Like, that's what right. he's doing. He's trying to scare them. He's trying to make a point. And so for the rest of the film, as he's just getting beefier and beefier, he's beefier for no fucking reason because he's a robot. Yeah. Like, it's just, I think it's just 100% his ego. And, and I agree with you. I do wish that they kind of stuck to the original design just because that original design is so iconic. Right. But at the same time, because they were doing something so different with Ultron than what they did in the comic book, right. that, like, using the same iconography to do something different would have been a little bit weird. And I right. think he would have been more upset that they did something different with it, if that mm-hmm. makes any sense. Yeah. Like, and that's always a problem with animation of, like, how do we take this kind of abstract thing and have it read with human emotions and that, like, you get that all the time. Where it's like, the, in order to emote, it kind of does need eyebrows and a mouth. So right. we kind of have to give it eyebrows and a mouth yeah. or else it's not going to be able to emote. So I think the performance as Ultron is so good that I'm fine. That it looks uh, it looks nothing like Ultron and looks maybe just a little bit wonky. Like, I yeah. think I, it's like a necessary evil. Like, we're trying to move away from the comics and we're also trying to give James Spader as much room to just go buck wild as right. he wants. So I think, like, yeah. I, I personally, I think it works fine. But yeah. Keisha, tiebreaker. Uh, Yay or nay? All right. I, uh... Beefy boy. I, I, I think without without the uh, humanisms, you wouldn't get as much Spader in your performance. Which is good, but I hate the lips. So I'm gonna go, I'm on Team Jackson mm-hmm. for this one. Okay, okay, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. <laughs> Would you prefer Beefy Ultron 
uh, or roided out Don Cheadle. From, uh, <laughs> oh, it's going kiss, kiss, <laughs> Mary, kill, kiss right yeah, now? Mary, kill. Yeah, okay, so Beefy Ultron <laughs> roided out Don, Don Cheadle. Cheadle. The, we, the weirdly skinny Hulk when he's like in between transforming between Bruce Banner and the Hulk. So Beefy <laughs> Bruce Hulk? Banner, but not the one you're thinking of. Wait, what? What is that from? Are you it's saying, the very beginning like, of the movie where the, she does the sun's getting low and we see him like slowly turn oh. back to Bruce Banner and it's very compelling. But there's like oh, a little bit there where brain... he's like weirdly like little and still the Hulk. And you're like, um, Ooh. In okay, my so... brain, I was like, when uh, at the beginning of uh, Infinity War, when Hulk <laughs> only comes out just to say no. Right. <laughs> yes, okay. baby, little Hulk head. There we go. Here's what's up. Mary Don Cheadle. Mm-hmm. Uh. I know that for certain. I know Mary Don Cheadle for certain. Jackson? I, think I don't know. I think it's. I think you kill Hulk. I think you gotta. I think kill you. Hulk I think you, you fuck Ultron. I think you kill Hulk. Yeah, I think that's pretty obvi. Yeah. I think that one's a. That's pretty straight down the line. Uh, yeah, it's, and that's why I say make the boy beefy. <laughs> yeah, uh, but that's only really because I don't want to have sex with half Hulk. You know, yeah, no, that's I'm not weird. really. Yeah. That's not that's really bad. my type. You know. Uh, <laughs> He's always uncomfortable. <laughs> okay, and here's the last here's the last kind of major thing I want to bring up. I mean, like there are little things like there's that moment where Vision just like grabs Ultron's head and they're like, "He burned him out of the net." And you're just like, "Okay, I he guess." He took him out of the internet. Yeah, you're like, like okay. "I guess sure. so." Like yeah, whatever. Sure. I don't know. At least you told like, me. Sure. It's Wreck-It Ralph rules. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you told me it's fine. <laughs> um, yeah. And, you know, He's like, been excommunicated from the internet. Right. And they're like, oh, and we put he, up a firewall. he was drawn to Scarlet Witch and Quicksilver because they were both made by the Mind Stone, I guess. Like, it's weird and to make that connection, but, like, whatever, we'll, yeah. we'll get it's there. You told me, yeah. Uh, they didn't really know what they were doing with the Infinity Stones quite yet. Yeah. They were still yeah. not really sure. Um, but my, big, my last thing is, like, I don't know how to feel about the fact that, like, Tony creates this entire problem. And then he seemingly solves it by not learning a lesson at all and just doing it again. That fundamentally mm. weirds me out about this movie. Mm. I, I, I'm still kind of chewing on it, and I don't know what to think about it as I, like, contextualize it within the rest of the MCU. Uh, and I, I don't know. I just don't – it doesn't feel great in the mouth, and I'm still thinking about it. Yeah. Because okay, so within the universe, he does, like – there are very many consequences from what they do, like in Sokovia, etc. Right. Uh, but it, if this, if you only watched this movie, you'd be like, hmm, so he uh, had his cake and he ate it too, I <laughs> And see. he was right, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, my, my take is, I think you need to weirdly kind of take Tony Stark out of it. And hear me out. He's the main <laughs> character. No, what I mean is like in, in that, like saying that like he fixed it, he ruined it and fixed it and it was fine, you know? Because right. I think what we're trying to say, because like what made Ultron evil was just Ultron. And what makes Vision good is just that he's Vision, that there are these two beings that think wildly different from each other. Right. So I think the thesis is more 
that like it's more about like who you are than what you can do that like matters because like they're the same they are both made by tony stark they are both made for the same purpose but one is good because he chooses to like love and think and care for people and to just kind of see how things go versus ultron who wants to destroy and control and keep it, it all together so i think it's more about ultron versus vision when it comes to fixing it and ruining it than it comes to tony stark like, Tony Stark fixed it, and then Tony Stark wrecked it. Like, I don't think that's what the movie is trying right. to say. Like, obviously, he does the exact same thing twice with wildly different results, but I think that's the point, that right. those results are trying to tell you something, you know? And I think that, like, there the one thing about that situation that I do really like is that it's got, like... I, I think about Home Alone, because, like, the premise oh. of Home Alone is, like, oh, this big family, and they all go on a trip, and they leave their kid. And you're like, how would that ever happen, right? Stop the movie. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> it happened. But like, it's happened multiple times. Right. Just but my point is, is like, my point is like that movie does a really good job of making you believe that that could happen. Like, it does a lot of really specific mm. things in, in really yes. specific ways in order uh, to make it believable that they could leave their kid <laughs> at home. You know, which is, I mm. think, kind of what this movie has to do. When it's like, so then Tony Stark decides to build another robot. You're like, stop. Like, nobody. <laughs> stop the movie. <laughs> nobody would let this happen. But, yeah. like, the way the scene plays out and the way the characters interact with each other and the way that they do try to stop him, but it ends up happening anyway, like, all comes mm-hmm, together mm-hmm. and makes sense in a way that I that I buy. As opposed to just being like, why would they let that happen? Like, there yeah, is Tony no Stark world in which again. they would yeah. let him try again. And I mean, I don't know. I guess the ar- there's an argument to be made that, like, the second time the difference is that Tony Stark has a different perspective and has more expertise on this subject and is able to more clearly make good decisions that would make that a good idea this time. Yeah. And why he's making Vision is different than why right. he made Ultron. Right. Yeah. Well, and also, like... Ultron is Tony Stark unchecked. Like he Tony Stark mm-hmm. is like this is the exact way that I can solve everything. I saved everybody. I'm the best. I'm the greatest. And then mo- the majority of Vision being created is on Ultron's side. Like Ultron mm-hmm. made did the most of the heavy lifting and Tony doesn't make the final decision at the end. Like they had pulled the mm-hmm. plug and Hulk, Hulk whoa. Thor <laughs> is the one who is like Actually, no, I think this is a good idea. Like, it goes, th- like, Vision goes through a system of checks and balances, essentially. <laughs> yeah, I mean, kind like, of, yeah. Like, like, but it's a team effort rather than Tony being like, this is the solution, I figured it out, and screw all of you. That's like, true. at least Vision is like, I- we have made this choice together, and, like, maybe we don't all agree, but we're making the choice as a team, and here we are now. <laughs> right. That's and a I good mean, way to put it. I like checks and balances as a description yeah. of it. And I mean, going back to the other Iron Man new movies, it is kind of like the the proof that Iron that Tony Stark has a heart is the Iron Man suit is the thing is the arc reactor is kind of Jarvis. Right. So right. to be like where like Jarvis is the heart is emotion for Tony Stark. So having that going in to vision so like a milestone versus the cold Helps. internet going into ultron is right. like two very different things yeah, yeah. yeah um and i just love the way mark ruffalo reacts <laughs> to tony being like i think i'm gonna do it I'm, again he's like, like, no. he's like remember how bad it was bro? <laughs> yeah. we're 
you're still dealing with it. You just backed away at the first sign of trouble when I made a killer robot. Yes. Yeah. I was going to say that's, I love, I love the moment at the beginning, right after they like figured out that Ultron's around, it's like bad news. And he starts laughing and Bruce is just like, read the room, dude. Like, yes. this is not Stop right. It. Stop laughing. <laughs> it's really it's funny not funny. Uh, so good. Also, this is one of my last things is that uh, you get some good Hulk rampages mm, mm. in this movie. You don't really get a, a good solid Hulk rampage in Avengers. Like you get mm. the the when he's when they're flying and they're like this is bad, but you get full on raging Hulk. You don't know what's gonna happen yeah, because yeah. he like you Hulk Buster comes out. Well, Veronica comes out, not Hulk Buster. That's not in this movie, but. It's just good. It's good. I want. I always want more Hulk. I just love the mm-hmm. Hulk, you guys. That's all. Well, and I think this. I was watching this with Ian, so we talked about it a little bit. But like this, this is the last time that we see the Hulk really be scary as the Hulk. But I think that's important because this is like the apex of Hulk being scary. And what's important is that is I think you have Bruce Banner who's always like, I never want to fucking do that again. But you also get that moment of the Hulk being like, oh, I fucking never want to do this again, kind of. Like, where, like, as the Hulk, he sees the destruction that he's done and the people that he's hurt. And he has that moment of like, oh, shit, I shouldn't have done that. You know, like, it, it, like, it doesn't feel like a loss that we don't get something like this again. It feels like a moment of growth that we don't get something like this again. Yeah. Like, that's what propel, that's what's propelling Hulk throughout the rest of the movies is the fact, oh, this sucks shit. We're never doing this again, you know? Yeah, on, I think that the, is kind of like, oh. Somebody in the chat just said that Joss Whedon didn't write it. I'm just checking that. Uh, Zach No, Checker. no, yeah. Only one credited writer is Joss Whedon. Oh, well. Bruh. Who do you... It was actually Shakespeare. (gasps) This is adapted. It's King Lear. William Shakespeare? Yeah. Shakespeare. I don't know. I feel like the the kind of the whole point of Hulk is that he's always unchecked and can't control it, but that doesn't translate very well to a cinematic universe. It's kind of like, we've been here, we've seen this, but I love to see it. I love to see it. Love it. (laughs) Well, yeah, and I mean, there's that line where, where Mark Ruffalo says, like, this is the first time, like, people are really the seeing the whole. Yeah, like, yeah. we saw him, like, you know, being kind of a hero, like a weird, dangerous weapon that they can kind of accept, but they're like, they, now, like, there's no way, yeah. like, I'm ever mm-hmm. going to be able to, like, pretend that anyone could tolerate mm-hmm. this anymore. Like, it's mm-hmm. no longer reasonable. Yeah. Because within like this universe, the government knows about Bruce Banner, but the like they've been good at keeping it on the DL, right? Hiding right. in Brazil, hiding in other country. I don't Coca-Cola remember which factories. One. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, uh, you take a sip and you you kill Stan Lee. Bad. <laughs> Poor Stan Lee. But this movie, there's the there's some Hulk stakes, which we don't really yeah. get to wrestle with because then he goes to space. But that's okay. That's I guess that's a gripe I have. But he's but running away from movie. his problems. Him running to space is a cry for help, Keisha. I don't think he meant... Did he mean to fly to space? I think that was an accident. He just went did to fly. Did he get, like, sucked up in a wormhole or yeah, something? Yeah, they say he, like, gets happens. sucked into a wormhole. Well, that's stupid. He ends up on I an alien planet. I, <laughs> I love Planet Hulk, so, you know... Yeah. 
You can't, you can't win them all. <laughs> I just want yeah. more Hulk. I just want the, I just want the boy, the good lad. Uh, I'm also, uh, I'm also just I'm... scrolling through bad reviews because it feels like we're winding down. But I just mm-hmm. want to make a point. Somebody here says like, "Oh, I hate that every every line in this movie sounds like a Tumblr post." To which I would say, I think that's what's good about it, actually. Yeah, <laughs> that's what I like yeah. about it. Yeah. Yeah, you know, different strokes, different strokes, <laughs> my man. Different folks. Yeah. Different folks. I mean, I'm trying to. I've got. I've said everything that I wanted to say in my notes, and like. Uh, I don't know. I think this movie, <clears throat> if it wasn't a part of like the MCU, I think it would have been so much more well received than the fact that it is in the MCU. Right. Like because it's so tied into the fandom and so tied into all the other movies. I've got something in my throat. <clears> hmm. <throat> that like it gets held just up. The love this for weird... that Age of Ultron. Yeah, it's stuck in there. That it just like gets held up to like this weird, these weird standards that like I. I think that it hits, but for some reason other people didn't want it. Just like didn't yeah. do what they wanted it to do. Mm. And there's that one nuclear bomb scene in it, so it got <laughs> right. it, because of that scene. It also got to be painted as problematic. So then you were righteous for not liking it, which yeah. is a whole another thing. So yeah, I genuinely I think this if if this movie just like came out, I think people would really like it a lot more than they did because it was a part of the MCU. Mm-hmm. I also think it would have gotten torn down for that nuclear bomb a lot more yeah. than it was. Yeah, and yeah. I think, like, it's... I I don't know. I think a lot of its problem with general audiences is that it is mm-hmm. very dense. Like, there's a oh, yeah. lot a going lot on, happens. like, all the time. And the three of us have seen this movie, like, a gazillion <laughs> times. <laughs> so, yeah. like, we know yeah, it really And we can well. navigate. Yeah. Like, yeah. we can navigate it. But I think people just, like, showing up were like, I mean, there's that whole sequence at the end where Vision just, like, shows up. He's just like, yo, I'm the Vision. And, like, then What's he starts, up? like, flying yeah. around. And he's like, I just burned you out of the internet. And he's, like, shooting lasers out of his head. <laughs> yeah. And, like, it's ripping guys apart. It's great, though. It's <laughs> so, like, good. I mean, as someone who loves this movie and has seen it so many times, when you get to, you're watching Andy Circus get his arm chopped off. Oh, we didn't like, even talk you, a lot about Andy Circus. You can so sit good. there and be like, wow, I can't believe that Paul Bettany's going to show up in like an hour. Like, <laughs> yeah. that's a world away. Yeah. And then by the time Vision shows up, you're like, remember when Andy Circus got his <laughs> arm <laughs> chopped off? Yeah. yeah. And then, we j- that's still back there. Right. Like, I remember. I remember so vividly that one time we were just watching this movie as a group of people, and we got to that line <laughs> where, where, where Quicksilver's like, "I have a little picture. I take it out and I look at it every day." And we all just like tore that line to shreds for like maybe five hours. We were riffing on of that just all of us going like, "I have a little what, picture. I cannot afford the big picture." Yeah. We're just like weeks after watching the movie and that's always gonna have a special place in my heart because uh, it's still really need, funny you need like, a good line to cling yeah he's just like i have a little picture i take it out and i look at it it's a little picture i cannot afford a big picture yeah um and okay so and the bit where uh thor goes and talks to stellan skarsgård and has a vision in a cave yeah i guess fucking makes no sense and it's because like you know it's like oh the infinity stone it's setting up this idea of the infinity stones Mm -hmm. but the thing is is that you don't need to set up the idea of the infinity stones and that somebody's collecting them because in Mm -hmm. infinity war 
when Hulk shows up and is like, Thanos is getting the Infinity Stones, they explain the whole shit and none of the characters anyway. know what it is anyway. So, like, there's absolutely no reason to do that. I mean, I guess they're setting it up for the audience who maybe doesn't yeah. know. But, yeah. Like, I don't know. I don't think they need to see that coming six movies yeah, away. Yeah, like, Thor they just takes to. a bath yeah. for an hour. And we're like, Thor, what are you doing? He's like, I had a spooky dream that all Asgard <laughs> was going to die. Which, is, which that's a good thing. Because that ties right. into, like, Thor Ragnarok. Like, that's like, oh, what's going on? Is Asgard, Asgard in danger? Like, what's going on? Like, that's right. totally valid. Him, like, chasing that thread because he's worried about his hometown. Totally valid. But... When you get there and what we're actually doing is like, let's line up all of the stones and then put them in a big glove cloud. It's like, <laughs> yeah. okay. Yeah. yeah. What about Andy Serkis and his chopped off arm? Like, what are we doing? <laughs> what, why are we doing this? Um, and like, and we were, did we want to talk about Wanos? Purple Wanos? Well, yeah, because that's the thing. <laughs> like, that, that post-credit scene where Thanos picks up the Infinity Gauntlet and he goes, fine, I'll do it myself. It makes absolutely makes no, sense. no sense because first of yeah. all, we establish later that he doesn't get the Infinity Gauntlet until later. There's like a story that hasn't happened yet, and then we don't just pretend like that was nothing, or like I don't know, maybe we decided yeah, happens also, later in the timeline. But it also like weirdly implies that like Thanos was somehow behind Ultron the whole time. Had something to do with Ultron. Yeah, yeah. Well, and it's like it's because like it's because Thanos is like kind of hiring people and working with people to get the infinity zones. Like we see that in guardians of the galaxy. Right. We see that in the original Avengers with like Loki and stuff like that. Right. Like we see that he is working with other people to either use or get more of these infinity stones, but that's not what's happening not right now. Right. That's yeah. not what's happening. He ain't in this one. <laughs> You're not in this episode. Guardians of the guardians came out like a year before this movie yeah i'm pretty, pretty sure yes yeah right like i think and but he i guess nothing they... like he did in guardians of the galaxy too <laughs> I know, the they were... is that yeah they they, yeah, took they a, were they were tweaking a little bit they were working on it they were working oh yeah because he looks weird and he like it, it's not even uh josh brolin in no guardians yeah no it is in in guardians is it in yeah. Guardians so okay. in, in Avengers Oh, in Avengers 1. In Avengers he is 1, in Avengers 1. It's like nobody. Yeah. He like turns around and his design is like totally different. Like he doesn't look at yeah. all like modern Thanos. And he's like Yeah. Yeah, because Loki's with him and he's like sitting on the throne and he's like, yeah. oh, I will send you out with one of my blah 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 yeah. blah. And you're like, This is boring, boring, boring. Who cares? I don't okay. Care. Right. Yeah. Um, and the thing and the thing about Guardians well, of the Galaxy. I guess that takes away my point. <laughs> well yeah. but the thing about Guardians of the Galaxy is that like not only are they still tweaking his design, but it's also not a mocap performance. That's just Josh Brolin in a booth and they're just like, let's get Thanos in there. We draw him, yeah. I guess. Get Thanos right there. Which yeah. makes it makes it feel a little weird and like not incredible. Mm -hmm. Uh so it's like, I don't know, there really is like a really distinct evolution of like how we've been, how yeah. we're rendering Well, I feel like in Guardians of the Galaxy, we're like kind of like getting to like that kind of pale, kind of like, um, like a humanish skin tone of purple. Yeah. Like we're kind of getting around there. But then yeah. weirdly in this cutscene, he's like a vibrant bluish purple <laughs> yeah. for no reason. I just, I don't, I know like that we're- Like outline is like blue. <laughs> yeah, like I know that we're trying to like- we're trying to make sure that you haven't forgotten about Thanos. Right. I get yeah. that. Because he's going to be a big boy later. But, like, do and Maybe have somebody tell him that, like, oh, the Mind Stone got set free from the rock that we put it in. Right. It would have been like, oh, what's going on down there? Like, that would have been like, ooh, Thanos. Right. But this is just yeah. literally, literally that makes no said, sense. Though, 
That be it doesn't. It's like like I, I said earlier. It's like it's a response to every other movie except for this movie. Yeah, like, it's they so do funny. say they're like they're like is uh, Thor's like uh it's not good that there are four Infinity Stones on one planet. Like that mm-hmm. there's something fishy going on. Right. Something. And then they but that's pretty much it. Other like mm-hmm. other than the Mind Stone is in this movie. But do you remember sitting in the movie theater for the first time <laughs> and yeah. that Infinity Gauntlet's right there and you're and like. You're like who yes! is that yes yeah. yes yes like because i remember that i remember <laughs> feeling like that i was like oh it's all doing things it's, it's crazy it's yeah. happening <laughs> so i mean it's it is it misplaced kind of but also like the the like intro or the after credit scenes have kind of morphed Right. like into oh, a definitely. new thing since oh, then definitely. so it's yeah. like it's hard to be like how come that didn't have more to do with uh infinity or in- avengers sense? age of ultron yeah. right because it does have to do with infinity war which is the kind first, of what the they were <laughs> after credit scene was literally them just like getting dinner after work yeah so. yeah, yeah. Well, or, yeah it's say, like i always think that like the marvel after credit scenes have kind of gone downhill a little bit i think because like it used to be i mean like this where it would be like a, like a yeah. big exciting thing here's like, what's gonna happen oh, next shit. time like it's fucking yeah. Thanos like oh my god but like I remember yeah. Civil War was just like there were two of them and the first one was just like there there's here's the mountain in Wakanda with Black Panther and mm-hmm. you're like cool I guess and they're like check it out here's Spider-Man still yeah. Like, yes. like yeah, oh, yeah. Wait a minute. like i didn't think he was going anywhere like you know yeah and also spider-man he's still spider-man like yeah <laughs> like, i thought why would he not be uh, yeah and, and i mean Iron Man. the first one was like it was it was it was like uh-oh did you hear about this scientist that turns green yeah. wink and you're like oh my yeah. gosh and samuel L. jackson just Hulk. shows up out of nowhere what? you're like oh yeah, my god so all this to say i'm excited about josh brolin i'm excited about the uh infinity gauntlet and i'm excited about purple thanos right. so i rest my case i take i i take it back i like the end credit scene <laughs> <laughs> right yeah well i was gonna say like the end credit scene in black widow is a good one Cause that's like, mm-hmm. yeah. oh, we're like getting a bunch of new information in this. Like, it should mm-hmm. like tell you something you don't already know, you know. Uh, and it needs to be short, and it needs to be spicy. That's totally. all it needs to and be. And you didn't know that Thanos had the Infinity Gauntlet yet, sucker. Yes, even though we probably should. <laughs> yeah. 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 Wait, when do they say he gets it? When do they say? I mean, I guess Remember, it's kind he of turns to dwarves. He turns the dwarves' hands to stone. Yeah, he talks to the dwarves. Yeah, but maybe he'd already done it. it doesn't happen. I guess in that's the movie. true. He just says yeah. like this happened. I guess I would have. I assumed it was yeah. recently. Otherwise, Thor might have already known. But maybe that's not well, necessarily. Well, Thor is busy. He's doing. <laughs> it's true. Stuff. He has. He's had other shit on his mind. <laughs> I mean, Thanos is out doing because he gets those two stones first, right? You know, so maybe right. it was uh, took him a little time. Took him a little time because he didn't have anything yet. Uh, so, so final thoughts: Age of Ultron, good actually. Good. Like, ac- there yeah. are like a handful of things that are like unequivocally bad about it. Yeah, but like, <laughs> but what movie doesn't? Yeah, like people. Yeah. I don't think people treated this movie fairly because I think it rules. Like, I think there's so much about this yeah. movie that's so fun. And like, mm-hmm. I mean, that's just that's just the way it's gonna be. Sometimes, I yeah. guess. Like this movie and Iron Man three 
are like, I don't know how you feel about Iron Man 3, Keisha. I don't know if you like it as much as we do. I we, like it. We love like Iron Man 3. Like, I know. This movie and Iron Man 3 are like the movies that Adeline and I will go to the fucking mat for. Like, I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll hate a guy. This is a hill I will die on. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, yeah. I think here's my, this is my pitch to you. I'm talking to you people who didn't like Age of Ultron mm. the first time you watched it and you mm. never gave it a second chance. Call them out. Drag I them. think. I think, Random no, this is not win. a drag. I am, no, no, no. This is an <laughs> invitation. This is an, this is an open invitation because I want you to join the party because I think that if you watch this movie again, the parts that you didn't like before, the parts that felt draggy or felt like they were plugs, you're going to go back and you're going to be like, wow, I really appreciate the setup that's happened here because I know exactly what this is leading to now. This is a roadmap that I have all the pieces to and I love where it's going. And then you're going to appreciate the big hulky fights. You're going to appreciate the opening, like, team together. Thick Voltron. Ultron, you're going to appreciate thick, thick Ultron, <laughs> not <laughs> Voltron. Also and appreciate and it's Voltron. Gonna be fun. You can appreciate two things. <laughs> you get to see when Captain America first lifts the hammer right. and he's holding back and Thor recognizes it, but he's doing out of the kindness of his heart. Steve Rogers does not lift it because he knew that Thor wasn't ready for it yet because he hadn't gone through that character transformation. Okay, okay, it's okay. awesome. Okay, okay. We, you brought this up, so now I need to dig into it. The Russo brothers on Twitter after Endgame came out were like, "Of course they did." Um, actually, uh, in that scene, Captain America could lift the hammer, but he chooses not to. And I was like, "Uh, that sucks. Like that is bad. I don't like that at all." And like, I love that. No, I it's that's dumb. It. I think, that's I think it. that makes sense. I, I think love Captain it. America. <laughs> I think he like. There's that moment where he like pulls a little bit, and I think he has that moment of like. I don't want yeah, then that. He's acting. I don't want that. You know, right. like I don't. I don't. It is shitty. Hey, everybody, ever. If you make something really cool, and you have like a fun idea about it afterwards, delete Twitter off of your phone <laughs> and never tell anyone. I don't right. want to hear fucking shit from you after you've made the thing. Like right. it's just. If you have to tweet about it afterwards, then you did a bad yeah. job originally. You know, yeah. okay, Ian saying Ian saying he likes that scene. I don't want it to. Say, I don't want to say that I don't like the scene in the movie. I think the scene in the no, movie is everyone incredible. likes the scene. Oh, everybody, everybody loves that scene. What we're talking about is the difference between Steve Rogers not being able to lift the hammer, but it does budge a little bit, which makes Thor nervous, which yeah, I think is a totally true. normal, like regular beat that like makes a lot of sense to me, and I think speaks a lot of like speaks to a lot of different things and i like the idea that steve rogers is still going through character growth and like yeah there, there's like a she's there's like a hint yet. that it could be there but he's not there yet and then later he is mm -hmm. there i like that and a lot then better also, than all that he was always just great is... and he was just being it's nice true. to thor by not he's listening just so much better than steve thor. rogers right yeah, yeah. <laughs> And then all that stuff at the end when they're like, if you put it in the elevator, the elevator will lift it. Elevator's not worthy. That's just funny. <laughs> That's funny. funny stuff. I think, my, but the invitation stands. Try watching Age of Ultron again. Let us know what you think. Watch it uh, with a group us, of people. Get some, yeah. get a big, but get a bowl of Cheetos. Make, get some snacks. No, go maybe to the not right more, now because there's a pandemic. Wear still, a mask. But... If you're vaccinated, have a fun little viewing party. If you're not vaccinated, go get vaccinated. Maybe I'll and then still wear a mask even if you are vaccinated. And then you still know? keep wearing a mask. Do that. Uh, but, like, try it again and let us know what you think. Watch it with me. Do I'll come watch it with you. Yeah, have a teleparty. Yeah, there are lots Netflix of options party. to watch it online with your friends. Disney I'll sit Plus down, party. I'll sit down yeah. with you and I'll mansplain why it's good to you. 
yeah you'll love it <laughs> yeah well yeah we'll all get on and we'll pause it every time something good happens and we're like, <laughs> like, do you understand yeah, why yeah. we like this that was good that'll, that'll be like the top <laughs> tier of our patreon where you give us like ten thousand dollars Jackson will just drive to your house and then sleep God, that'd be so great. Just like <laughs> Jackson mansplains why a movie of your choice is good, actually, to you personally. Because we haven't already done it yeah. here. Yeah. I'm so we have excited. To do it in person. I'm so excited to do a Matrix Reloaded episode. Because <laughs> that movie is good, and I need to tell everyone why. Need to pause the movie. I can't wait. I can't wait to hear it. Uh, I can't wait to hear it. As long as you can't wait to hear why RoboCop Two is actually good. And I'm excited for <laughs> RoboCop Two. I've never seen it. I want to know why. I haven't seen good. it either. Uh, <laughs> so yeah. So I, I, this is this is what you can expect from this podcast now. And you know, a lot of the time, hopefully, it'll be guests, um, in which they come with a movie. And explain to us why it's good. And we participate. And that doesn't necessarily mean that we're going to be, like, super nice and respectful 100% of the time. Like, there's a very Try. like there's a very real chance someone's going to come in with a movie we fucking hate. And we can kind of razz them a little bit as they explain. <laughs> but we do want to be ultimately respectful of the fact that liking things is great. And it's always better to like things than to not like things. And yeah. to hopefully... Like, you know, uh, 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 Adorable Lissy, I still don't know how to pronounce his name, was like, oh, you guys are talking me into liking this movie, which is exactly what we want to do with this podcast. We, the point. we yeah. want to talk people into liking movies, and we want to be talked into liking movies ourselves. Yeah. That's the goal. Because mm. mm. that's, mm. that's my favorite thing that ever happens, is when I am talked into liking a movie. Mm. Um, Keisha, where do the people... F find us well i'll tell you right now you can follow us on twitter at no nerds pod you can follow jackson at jumper pack you can follow adeline at hollow back horse you can uh, subscribe to our youtube channel on youtube it's called no nerds allowed these get uploaded there as long as as well as some other videos you can join our discord the link is in the description somewhere we talk a lot about other movies talk about lots of cool stuff fun stuff things that you'll care about fruit sometimes lots of fruit. uh and also Follow us on Twitch. We're trying to get to affiliate. Follow do us it. here. If you're Follow new, now. do it now. Mm -hmm. uh, and things to look forward to on Twitch. We got, I mean, these streams every week. We'll be doing some other random streams just for fun. It might be yeah. me and Jackson playing 3D Mario. It might be me playing Minecraft. It might just be me drawing. It might be Keisha doing stuff. We're just going to... Try and try and try and yeah. add some new things uh, on Twitch. Yeah, let us know if you want a glee rant on Twitch. <laughs> that might be fun. I've been thinking about like because that one time we streamed in the morning, we got like a bunch of people showing up, which makes me wonder like maybe if we should be doing that instead because it seems. Like, like, I like streaming in the morning. Yeah. I love streaming um, in the morning. But maybe I don't we'll work. Change the time. You know, I work early in the morning and then I have like five hours to myself after that. So. I might get in the habit of, like, a couple times a week just, like, logging on and playing, like, Super Metroid on stream in the morning sometimes. Mm -hmm. That might just be fun. Yeah. Um, I and, mean, okay. I work in the evening, so if we started streaming in the morning, that would be good <gasps> for me. Are we switching to a morning schedule? Maybe we should. Whoa. We, maybe we can ask Let's the people. Let's do it! Uh, Let's do it! Uh, <laughs> no, screw the people! <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, so next anyway, week... Anyway, follow Jackson on TikTok. Uh, next week is very exciting. <laughs> Next week, we're going to have an uh, actual professional film journalist who shares like four out of five syllables of his name with me. 
Jackson <laughs> McHenry to come on the show and talk um, uh, Anna Karenina. That was, we asked him about movies that he thinks get a bad rap that he wants to defend. And uh, Joe Wright's Anna Karenina was his pick, which is hilarious because that's a movie that Adeline and I's mom really likes that we always give her shit for. So it'll be fun. It'll be a day of reckoning for both of us. Um, so that's really exciting. We're going to have Jackson McHenry on for Anna Karenina. And then the week after that, we're going to have Elon on and we're going to talk uh, Shang-Chi. Keisha, I have a question for you. Uh, yes. I'm going to put you on the spot as a, as a Chinese woman. Uh, yes, that is, is it, me. As a white person, is it my responsibility to say Shang-Chi when I refer to this movie? Or considering the fact <laughs> that I am a white person and it was written by a white person in 1971, that just Shang-Chi is fine? I think that... Uh... Like, I heard uh, Simu Liu, like, come out and just say, like, it's Shang-Chi. Say Shang-Chi. Okay. Uh, that's how we say it in the movie? Shang-Chi. Shang-Chi. Uh, I think that works. Cool. You just always, I'll, speaking as a Chinese person and as someone with a weird name, you just, uh, however the person says it, that's how you should say it. Got it. Uh, <laughs> good to know. That was a public service announcement from your resident yeah. Maybe I'll make a... I'll maybe I'll make everyone some Chinese snacks and I'll send them send them through the universe if I'm healthy by then. Um, yeah, it's not mooncake season, oh yeah, but maybe we should we'll do something else. Maybe we should hedge our bets about doing a Shang Chi episode because we don't know if we'll be no, safe no, to see me. I'll be fine. Okay. I'll be fine. Okay, okay. Um, don't. I'll be good. <laughs> okay, so that's what's coming up. Very exciting stuff, um, and that's all. We didn't do our intro this week. We didn't. I was oh, going to say something, I'm but Keisha, I thought I'm Keisha it. Rhodes. We'll put it in. So anyway, my name is Jackson McMurray. <laughs> my name is Adeline oh, Beefy Robot wait, McMurray. Fuck, stop. I didn't do my review. Sorry, 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 sorry. We're, we're oh, talking I thought, we about... were doing, I thought we were doing an intro to put in at the beginning. No, no, no. no. Shut nah, up. Everybody shut nah. up. Do you guys want to hear a one-star <laughs> review of Avengers Age of Ultron? Fine. Hit me. So this review comes from Letterboxd.com, and this person says... This is Marvel's second biggest mistake. What's their first, you might be asking? What's number one? I want to know. Well, that's simple. (laughs) Not naming this movie Stinky Stinky Mr. Fuck. End of review. (laughs) I'm going to COVID everywhere. That doesn't even... I love the reviews I read that are just met with deafening silence. Like, that's like, the goal. Like, like what is, what, what I, is the goo? It made me do a spit take. Yeah. That's how funny that was. It, just it doesn't really take a lot for me Mr. to do a spit Ultron. take. But... <laughs> like, I don't get it. Yeah, I don't Mr. Understand. Ultron's Wonder Emporium. Yeah. Anyway, my name, well, is, man. my name is Jackson McMurray. My name is Adeline McMurray. My name is Keisha Rhodes. And this has been No Nerds Allowed. Keep it salty out there, sailors. Let's dino do this. Let's dino do this. We're going to have so many goddamn catchphrases. (laughs) Rumble on the double. (laughs) Stinky, stinky Mr. Fuck. So funny.
Oh, I didn't bring up that, like, Age of Ultron is, like, a really good title phonetically. Like, Age of Ultron feels really good in the mouth. He's not around for that long, though. No. He's around for, like, a a few days. Like, it's not really an Age of Ultron. The Fortnite of Ultron. (laughs) Yeah, I feel like you have to be in power for, like, at least a little bit. To have, like, an age age. named after you. Yeah. Yeah. Ice Age. The age of Aquarius. Right. Because, uh, and you know, the, the phrase Age of Ultron comes from a comic book in which there is an Age of Ultron. It takes place in the yes. future during a <laughs> yeah, yeah, hypothetical yeah. Age of Ultron. There's no age in this one. But there's no age. Just There's weed. no age. Get it together. But what, what was, what's your alternate is to say the week of Ultron? <laughs> <laughs> Ultron's big afternoon. Ultron. Ultron's big day. The Ultron's day that very Ultron... bad, no good day. 